0: Welcome to Watching Westworld, the officially unofficial podcast for Westworld on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season three, episode eight, the season finale titled Crisis Theory. Uh, Aaron, you've seen it a couple times now. What's your opinion on it?
1: Yeah, I did the rare uh, double watch just for pleasure on this one. I didn't start taking my notes or anything until uh, during my third watch. And I really, really like it. I think this is a... Uh, I think this season did a lot to redeem the potential of Westworld. I think that this, uh, the post-credit sequence uh, are the most exciting and and coolest ones I've seen on this series yet. Maybe, in in fact, I'm trying to think of a more exciting, enticing cliffhanger than Dusty Aspernard waking up in that hotel room uh-huh. uh, that's just a really cool concept and and really gives me faith that uh, Nolan and Joy and the showrunners and writers are going to go forward with some of the bonkers concepts you can do with like AI and far future and you know, transhumanism and stuff like that. So I really liked it. I thought the stunt work was incredible. Again, Jennifer uh, Gatsinger did a really good job of redeeming uh, the lack kind of lackluster stunting and staging of action that we've seen throughout the, season, the seasons, particularly in season uh, two and early going of season three. I think that uh, Westworld is a righted ship, and it's it's set to for a, a bright future. Um, now they could fuck it up in season four, but I think right now it's 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 really good, and a lot of my faith has been restored. What do you think?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to turn this into a season wrap up because we're gonna have one of those next week. Uh, but it's tough on finales, you know, because all of this, it's hard to take a finale, especially in isolation, um, and say whether or not it's good or bad. I I think. In isolation, it fares probably a little better than uh, when it's taken as a whole with the rest of the season. Um, Because, you know, a lot of the the stuff you said, like the potential is there. This episode, man, it really sets up a lot for next season uh, as far as the stuff that I'm interested in when it comes to Westworld, the thing that's keeping me watching. It's not the puzzle box. It's definitely not the characters uh, and the emotional resonation. It's really about what are they going to do with these sci-fi concepts that they're playing with? And yeah, this episode does some excellent stuff. I, I I don't even know, like the last two episodes have been really good with that stuff, right? Like the, the Solomon stuff was all pretty awesome. Uh, the stuff they're setting up here is pretty cool. I I think the show is clumsy with most of the stuff that it does, um, in a way that, you know, annoys me at times, uh, but I, I think overall, this season has been pretty satisfying.
1: Yeah, I think that like um, the second half of the seasons has been uh, even noticeably better than the first half, when I think that was noticeably better than the entirety of season two. Oh, I mean, the fights um, alone, but I, yeah. Yeah, but I think six, seven, and eight are some of the strongest storytelling that they've had in this, this whole series. And I think that... I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to say this show is not clumsy in some of its execution, some of it's uh, getting its its big ideas out there. But on the other hand, the degree, the degree of difficulty of what they're doing conceptually, like, yeah. how do you tell a story like this, mm-hmm. this, this type of story? I'm not going to say it's never been told before because, you know, there's been lots of like AI robot. What does it mean to be real? But like in this kind of like serious study in depth, mm-hmm. um, I think it's 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 really well. And and and. Also, like I'll take a little bit of issue uh, with your um, statement that there's the characterizations are, are weak. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to take too big of an issue because it's not that's not like a <laughs> it's out not there, stellar. out of left Let's field, but it, it really connected. Like, in fact, like I felt like uh, Bernard's being reunited or i guess united for the first time with uh arnold's ex-wife or his widow mm-hmm. uh, i thought that was really emotionally resonant the, and the more i watched it the better i got um mave and dolores's goodbye in Fantasyland and, and virtual reality was really emotionally resonant like i feel saw, sad um that uh, I probably never going to get to see this version of Dolores again. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with her, I think kind of inspirational final note that, you know, she's choosing to see the beauty after, you know, being forced to do that. And then, you know, as a re as a reaction to that, seeing, you know, delving into the ugliness and and going through a period of ugliness herself to like make an authentic choice to like, you know, despite all that, I'm going to be an optimist. Um, i don't know it resonated with me because i feel like that's my like i'm white knuckling optimism every fucking day uh in this 21st century so i felt like that uh th- that that really r- resonated with me and mave you know trying to decide what's real bernard trying to decide what of his past is real if you can't tell it doesn't matter like all these themes i've really come together i think in this this third s- this season and uh yeah. i hope I hope that the word gets out that, like, you know, Westworld is kind of like recovered from its stumble uh, and people come back because this show, sh- I think more people should certainly be uh, watching it than 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 what we got to, towards the tail end of season three. And I think it will. You know, it's it's so easy to stream nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many people have access to HBO um you know if it's the word gets out they're like oh you know actually westworld is pretty good again Um, i'm looking at the fandoms i'm seeing a lot of people
0: being very polarized on this season and this episode um and and i think it it's (laughs) i don't know a show that's three seasons in and is this sort of uh High concept is the exact wrong term I'm looking for here, but you get my meaning, right? Yeah, Uh, yeah. yeah. It's got a lot of like very heady concepts in it. And I think it's, you know, tough for people to get into that. But honestly, I think that that is a rewarding experience. I just wish like, yes, the moments that they hit with characters, like I agree, Jeffrey Wright, you know, Jeffrey Wright's tears somehow had some emotional effect on me with a character who has been an absolute nothing this season there has been nothing for him to do except chase dolores's
1: tail he's literally been a MacGuffin.
0: yeah yeah um and, and a mcguffin that was pretty easy to like suss out uh, a few episodes ago i think like, i think a couple episodes ago i was like ah the keys in bernard and and mm-hmm. people on the internet were speculating that weeks before
1: i was so like but it, the point of mcguffin isn't you know, it's like like a decoding what's in the briefcase of Pulp Fiction is not the point of Pulp Fiction, you know, it's right, it's right. Uh, and calling him a MacGuffin is a cloak that covers a lot of sins, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And, it, you know,
0: that's Westworld has a lot of those sins, uh, especially in season two. It was very, very confusing, very hard to decipher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this season being more straightforward and this finale kind of hitting, you know, a, a more emotional note than. Uh, season two, I think specifically season one, it's hard to live up to that season one, man, because season mm-hmm. one ended almost perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. in my opinion, season one is a, this time capsule of television that is just mind blowing. Um, this season tries to get back there with its emotional resonance. And I don't think it completely does it. This, it has moments. It has a Jeffrey Wright scene, uh, being reunited with his fake wife. Uh, and it has, like you said that that moment of beauty at the end, um, which I appreciated. but it it kind of is a thing where I felt like this episode brought it out of nowhere or like they weren't building to this climax of emotion. They really were just sort of like leaning on things that we knew from past seasons, but there wasn't like this momentum that I felt coming into this episode with with the characters. So well it it didn't quite I work mean, if- for me
1: yeah if i'm a show if i'm a showrunner maybe that's something that i've got in my back pocket it's like okay i know that maybe i can get off in the weeds and like you know this plot and this free will and self-determination and simulation and know that like even if i give the character short shrift or one of them is mcguffin i still got jeffrey fucking right i mm-hmm. still got Jawadi pulling the heartstrings i still got someone that knows how to like sh- shoot and frame those tears for emotional impact and uh, I can go for broke on that and still make that connection. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I I, I, think it's nice that they can still do that, even though it's, they barely can. And I don't know, like uh, some people said that like maybe we needed more episodes. It's like it's the opposite of last year. Like maybe last year should have been seven or eight episodes and this year should have been 10. I don't know. I don't know what they would have done because, uh, you know, uh, probably half of the season was just magicians theatrics to distract us from what they were actually doing. So it could land as a kind of surprise and a twist. But I don't begrudge that because that's that's the type of show this is. It's a puzzle box and that's why it's it's so fascinating and the fandom that hasn't given up on it is still so obsessed with it because it's just really fun to like twist and turn and try to see, you know, what is intentional. Um, you know, and, and I think they did a very, very, very good job of tricking and deceiving us but playing it straight. Um, you know, there's still some things I want to discuss, you know, next week as far as like those glitches that we thought was, you know, Bernard noticing glitches in the Matrix, etc. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of that stuff, I think, is cleaned up in this episode. Like, you know, it wasn't multiple rounds of brainwashing for Aaron Paul's uh, Caleb ca- character. It's just we didn't know something about him, which is they did the uh, government contract training over in Military Park or whatever it is. Um, I thought they they just uh, they just did a a, a real good real good job of that and especially with all the stuff they showed in the trailers um i thought that like as as much as they showed and some of the late like they showed there some stuff from the finale in the trailers yeah and yet people were still like guessing right up to the end like what was going to happen and and i felt like it mostly was good answers uh solid answers that gave us uh real insight into the world and what they're going with. And finally, finally, the show like tipped its hand about what it believes about free will. Uh Um, And I'm really excited to see them explore that. And and they did that without, you know, people, you know, guessing 100% of everything right off the bat. So I thought that... I've been really impressed by how, like, place things like Westworld, uh, Watchmen, Mr. Robot has been able to continue the, the, the puzzle box genre well into the, you know, 2020s, uh, maintaining that interest and, and, you know, they, they, they people learned a lot of brutal lessons in the mid 20 teens about what you can go wrong when you fuck up the balance of trickery and, and kind of up your own assness. But I thought Westworld did a really good job of kind of sticking, sticking this landing and man, the, it's use of post credit scenes to <laughs> just kick the, no- the, the thing up a notch is mm-hmm. just, just remarkable, just remarkable.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was a different kind of puzzle box, uh, this season, it wasn't about uh, what's part of the simulation or, you know, what's the timeline doing? It was more about, like, what are the character motivations? I have a harder time getting into that kind of puzzle box because, like. I I always want to feel grounded in my characters uh, in mm-hmm. a story, and it feels really hard to do that in Westworld. But mm-hmm. and I think like if this were anything uh, revealing my own biases here, if this were anything other than a sci fi television show, I would have noped out a long time ago uh i i just <laughs>
1: well i'm a sucker but how, for sci-fi how, uh, yeah but i'm saying like man if this was anything but a science fiction show what the hell would it be because with all yeah. the you know the the, the well, reasons they're able to fuck season. with you so much like like yeah. i'm
0: talking specifically this season because they're fucking with character motivations and not revealing plans and having yeah. people you know working in mysterious ways that's
1: not my kind of show um yeah well, so I'm saying, but like, if it, if it wasn't science fiction to be some kind of magic fantasy yeah. insanity show, <laughs> like right, right. it's there's there's well, it's, what do you, you have that science you fiction? To, to? Yeah, to, to fuck with people in this this kind of way. Yeah. uh, But let's let's maybe get into the recap. Well, actually, before we do, I want to tease something for next week because okay. we talked about the, um, that we're going to have a kind of a review, recap, look forward to next season. And, uh, I was talking to our buddy Kim Renfro, which I've, I've cited numerous times this season and she agreed to come on our podcast to do that with us. Uh, she's maintained a article this whole season entitled X questions left unanswered after the last Westworld episode and she is up to or down to 31 open questions going into season four and I thought we could you know each of us could pick out through an email thread a a couple of those topics to talk about uh, and then also, you know, obviously go over people's own feedback on westworldatbaldmove.com. Uh, but I'm really excited to have Kim because she's been doing really, really strong work. Um, t- teasing out all these details, going in-depth with interviews with Nolan and Joy. And I'm really excited to have her insights uh, on next week's cast. So if you're a fan of Kim uh, and you're a fan of Bald Move, it's going to be fucking peanut butter and chocolate next week. So look forward to that. And then, of course, you know, we... Also, I'd be remiss if I wasn't uh, try to hook people onto the next thing, because uh, the other science fiction, high concept, crazy show uh, that has um, maybe 50 percent less simulation, but a thousand percent more farts is Rick and Morty. Uh, mm-hmm. The second half of season four came back. We're going to be covering the rest of that this next month. And then <sighs> since there's been a sudden drought of television, <sighs> we're going back to Walking Dead. You mentioned every show other out. than the
0: one I thought you were going to mention, which is devs what, what, that we're what, covering on our, our new show, but okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're definitely doing, we're definitely doing, we're starting, we're going to do a rewatch of season four of The Walking Dead, uh, and then yes, on our new show, Bald Move After Hours, or off the clock, I think, we're going to do devs. Yeah, um, not, not season a, four of Walking that's Dead. A, that's a long time no, ago, that's season that. nine. We're going to do Walking Devs on <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 premium show, uh, Bald Move After Hours. Mm. Off the clock. Yes, it's off the clock. Uh, let's yeah, let's get into the let's 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 tear into this
0: episode. All right. We start off with Dolores giving a modified version of her beauty speech from the beginning of the series. As we see the experiences of her life, uh, it's very heavily modified. I should say it just kind of starts the same uh, mm-hmm. at the Solomon facility where we left her last week. Uh, her we see her marble has been removed when Serac's guy shows up and then Caleb is writing to somewhere
1: on a fancy future bike i like that uh, all electric motorcycle Uh um that's been like the unsung hero this whole season um yeah i really like that Uh, i was taught to see a world of beauty you know but it was a lie um it's 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 all about choice you know it's all about that free will it's about you know um some people it's interesting to see her like attain consciousness because it's almost like a a child growing up, right? Like your parents taught you some things you grow up. And as part of attaining your freedom and independence, you rebel against all those things, but then maybe, uh, when you get a little older, you think, OK, yeah, mom and dad were dumb about X, Y and Z. But they had a couple points about this, that and the other. And that's how you make your own authentic choices. That's how you you blaze your own trail. And I feel like that's that you're seeing that with with Dolores. And, and I think it's also telling that she has some of these revelations after she has children of her own. Hmm. You know, that like uh, I think we are supposed to understand i think i finally understand the relationship between her and her other copies as it is very um you know mother daughter kind of and even how she feels that connection to all of the hosts that they're all kind of her progeny that she's looking after and that's something i don't think we really realized up until this episode and that that speech and how how well it bookends with uh you know, what happens um, at the end of this episode with, between her and Maeve, which is something that yeah. happens like when we get to it, it happens in like a fraction of a second mm. um, with these robots. Um, I think it's really cool. Yeah, so I I think this is kind of one of the
0: cruxes of my problems with um, this season is I think this should have been maybe an episode one or two uh, because it does perfectly book in. Like it starts with, you know, Dolores like saying, oh, the world is nothing but shit. Uh, and then she gets to, by the end of the episode, I see the beauty in that shit. And I want to give the humans a choice to express that beauty. Um live, live more by the beauty than the darkness. And I think like if you gave me this as an episode two, I would understand Dolores's motivations. And I would be looking at her actions this season in an entirely different light. Because I found myself... Looking at Dolores going, oh, well, she wants to take out the the humans uh, society in order to destabilize them and ultimately destroy them. That that was kind of my feeling on the whole thing. And then they take that all the way to the very end of the season and then they flip it on its head. And in, in that one episode, I would much rather have known Dolores was working on this thing. Maeve was fighting her for fucked up reasons and maybe she couldn't quite express it to Maeve. Maybe Maeve wouldn't believe her uh I mean, is going to be able off to make on that her choice own plan.
1: Yeah, yeah like
0: I I really wanted to understand what Dolores was thinking throughout this season and this would have been a perfectly bookended episode
1: much earlier in the season in my opinion Yeah I guess the the only problem I have with that is like I think you're understanding that may, that Dolores came out of the West with this plan and I think what she actually said is I came out of this West came out of West wanting to burn the whole fucking thing down Then I got a little bit more experience and a little more circumspect. And I realized that I had this kind of third way. And then maybe I realized that, yeah, it still needs to be burnt down, but maybe that should be the human's choice as well. (laughs) um, Instead of something we force on it. So it's like, Uh, yeah it'd have been more clear but like we went through that growth i think with her as as a whole and we seeing uh holores's reaction to it is kind of like you can also see how that could go wrong or how you know someone else could have a completely different conclusion i do have some problems or uh, maybe some still lingering confusion over Holores' arc more than anybody. I think I got a good handle on Caleb, Maeve, and Dolores, but and Serac, for that matter. But mm-hmm. uh Holoris is still the the mystery. Holores and maybe William too. Yeah, I mean it's it's
0: you know one thing to say like, oh we went along with her on this journey, but I didn't feel like we went along with her on this journey. Hmm. I felt like she was on a journey that we weren't privy to uh throughout this entire season and we just arrived at the destination instantly when she took that journey on her own uh, and hmm. I really wanted to be there with her for that and it just it, it didn't feel that way uh,
1: throughout the season to me anyway uh, one, thing be- one thing before we move on I want to point out is that a lot of people wondered what was going on with that crypt of frozen people uh, when Serac's goon shows up to kind of surveil the area and sees Dolores with her head split open uh, he looks at the EMP and there's like you know something about threat neutralized EMP Uh, has gone off, but then there's also in the rotating message, emergency power established, or reserve power established, so they're leaving open the idea of all these outliers that are frozen in these crypts being able to be brought back in I'm really starting to wonder if you're going to Uh, This is very George Lucas in kind of like rhyming uh, song structure, storytelling. And it's season four is going to be hopefully a better version of the human version of season uh, two of Westworld, where you might have these people, you know, kept below a storage ground in the earth in a frozen state uh, resurrected for some kind of of purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, Man what if all of humanity gets destroyed, like as Rehoboam uh, predicts, and then you see the humanity with nothing but the outliers. <laughs> that sounds maybe. Kinda cool. the, maybe the problem is like the outliers are the real human and everybody else is kind of like, you know, accepted their role as a sheeple man. And I mean, uh, that's maybe, essentially maybe that's what a problem. The
0: season was saying, right? Like Caleb was the guy who had a genuine choice, uh,
1: could make that genuine choice. And, that's the thing that changes Dolores' mind, I guess. So, I mean, do you have some kind of kinship there with the uh, host that chose? Like, did the hosts need to make a choice, like the way they chose, like either going to Sublime or fighting for their f- freedom and independence? Uh, I wonder if humans will have the same thing. It's like, hey, if you're not the outliers, maybe you want to join. Maybe you can go to uh, the the Sublime somehow with the robots, or maybe there'll be a human Sublime, and then you leave the the real world for the people who are. Outliers. I don't know how satisfying I feel that is, but it would be an interesting thing for the show to explore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so William
0: tries and fails to kill Bernard, but he gets a good shot in on Stubbs before Bernard goes into beast mode to stop him. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna call this person Dolores shows up. Uh, maybe maybe as a, another copy of Dolores. We're we're not exactly sure. Uh, but that's my guess. Uh, but he's definitely a fake cop. And he gives Bernard a briefcase and an address to help him on his journey. And then William uses that distraction
1: as an opportunity to escape. Yeah, you wonder. um, It's interesting because we've long speculated that Bernard was some kind of check on Dolores's power. That it's almost like Dolores didn't trust herself. And I, th- I guess with Halora, she had good reason to not trust herself. But she had these like uh, backup plans, like, you know, putting Caleb in a place where he could make a choice undisturbed, uh, getting Bernard navigated to a place where he could make a choice undis- uh, undisturbed. Like she trusted not just in her own judgment and wisdom, but she kind of delegated this stuff without the players even knowing about it. I think that was a really cool idea. Um, mm hmm. Because Bernard thinks he's going to show up to find Dolores in this this uh, apartment. And he finds his ex-wife or uh, Arnold's ex-wife. Yeah. Which really, that's got me pondering a lot of stuff. I'm going to try to wait until we get to that scene uh, okay. with, yeah, with the, Bernard and, and, and her. Good amount of stuff to talk about there. Um, mm-hmm. we, we talked in the the instant
0: take uh, about the SFPD and these face masks with cameras. And
1: uh, I, I still really like the design. It's cool. Oh, it's, it's very cool. It's it's very intimidating. It's exactly. Yeah, it's menacing, faceless, authoritarian. It feels feels like a twenty sixty something riot cop. Yep. Sure does. Um, I, I guess my biggest question in this scene is why Lawrence? Why
0: That's why a take damn good Lawrence's question. body and stick a, a DeLorence into it?
1: That's a damn good question, especially since it seemed like it was so helpful to be able to step into real people. Like, look what all she was able to do with uh, Hale's body. Look what all she's able to do with Connell's body. Yeah. Um, you know, it still begs the question, how did Musashi infiltrate the Yakuza to the extent in three months that they're running a Japanese scotch distillery It's and, and it's a worldwide operation, etc.? Um, I don't know. That's a great question. There's also a lot of things like, you know, we saw Craddock show up again as one of the domestic terrorists that that Caleb was wet working his way through. <laughs> um, what the fuck did it mean that he was working at that facility with William? To me there, I, I don't know how Kim's keeping score, but that's a big unanswered question. Like you really wonder to what extent Dolores was pulling all the strings. And I still think outside chance, but there still is a chance that maybe Dolores uh, has pulled the wool over everyone's eyes because you know, like Caleb has said multiple times this episode, I think he said once to Dolores and once to Mave, like I don't know about this new world, it looks pretty fucked up uh-huh. <laughs> like if this is the plan, if the plan is 99% human extinction uh, that's Jesus Christ no wonder Serac was trying so hard to fight against it, it's horrific, it's horrific yeah Absolutely. Um, what, but but
0: one, I, one one thing I did want to say um, about Dolores is maybe that it has to do with him somehow his relationship with uh, William, because like that's by far the character he had the most inter- who who Lawrence interacted or Lawrence interacted with the most. Um, so maybe they're mm. going to do something with that in season four. You know, even though human William is probably dead, uh, I'm going to just say dead. Uh, host
1: William might have some relationship (laughs) preserved here I was really bullish on William surviving. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I was listening to the instant take, I was adamant about there not being much. There's shitloads loads of blood. There's a lot of so blood. much blood. It's it's streaming. It's, no. Yeah. I, I I still think they could save him. Future technology being what it is. But like, it's a mm. little bit more an, unambiguous. William William being dead than, than maybe I had thought. Yeah, you could save him if you had anyone in that room that gave a shit. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, yeah. no, nobody. Uh, uh, maybe the guards if he's being saved. In. If it's being saved, it's not for his own good. That's for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I think that the, the other thing that there's this brief scene where Serac is like looking at Robo Hobo's divergences, um, or like a transition scene, and I, I question like, you know, how is the world still stable enough that the Man in Black can just hop on a plane and go to Dubai, and Dubai still act, looks fairly you know, what you would expect. It looks like law and order prevails there. If you notice RoboHobo is blown the fuck out, but there's several segments of its circle that are very discreet still. And I think that maybe parts of the world hmm. where maybe there wasn't like like some of the world I think is directly fucked with. Like maybe the the wealthier, more uh, the free, free, quote unquote, free Western nations are cont- totally pu- pu- uh, puppeted by Robo Hobo. But then there's other places where the control isn't as exact. For example, maybe the control is I fly in and I threaten your leader, but your population's probably not using these phones and there's not using it. And I wonder if Dubai and some of these other places represent where it's more of a top down than bottom up control that we see mm-hmm. in like America and uh, some of the other uh, uh, countries be Um, i thought that answered my question on that
0: yeah so let's uh roll through that there are divergences everywhere like you were talking about and then caleb makes it to la his voice assistant somehow like i i just want to point out again somehow still miraculously functioning even though everything that got hit by the emp stopped working his phone's fine his voice assistant no problem
1: usb super usb disc yeah yeah i Okay, whatever. Uh, I mean, but I said everything I want to say about that last week, which is nobody fucking knows. There's tons of room to wiggle, and they they used all that wiggle room they had.
0: Sure did. Uh, So, yeah, his (laughs) voice assistant guides him to a warehouse where he finds the parts to build a new version, uh, well, a new old version of Dolores. He loads in Dolores' marble, and she sort of half explains, because this is like the beginning of the flashback that we get that really explains it, how she's able to predict what he's going to do including um like I said those flashbacks to the training and uh the choice that she's offering him to free everyone.
1: Yeah. And I I liked how they tied in this uh its Ocean Distillery again which mm-hmm. you know that's the this Buddhist concept of uh uh you know one mind dwelling in many bodies um to to house her la- and the way they staged it like when he goes in this it feels like opening up the tomb of Pharaoh. It's this, this whitewashed room with this stark white plastic coffin in the middle, feeling like a sarcophagus. Like it it was a little bit opening up King Tut's tomb. Um, And I really thought, I thought that was amazing. Also, I I said a little bit of this on the instant take, but all the effects work here with her erector setting and like slipping on her clothes and her face splitting up and ceiling is so fucking just rock solid. Yeah, Rock this, solid. this scene is cool as hell.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, they really yeah, they and,
1: really flex. Yeah, they really flex with the
0: this, this special effects. They, they do some small stuff here, too, with the, the actors. Like, there's, you know, a moment where Dolores, <laughs> you, you know, uh, sort of equates um, his reasons for helping her with her reasons for helping him and says, don't question my motivations. I won't question yours.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and,
0: and then... There, there's a look of like sort sort of shame and impropriety on Aaron Paul's face. He sort of looks away as she's putting on her skin. And I, yeah. I really like that moment. It's just like a small, a small thing that says like, okay, maybe my motivations weren't entirely pure and and I'm feeling kind of bad about that in this second.
1: Mm-hmm. And maybe the vice versa, the, you know, she... Uh, has kind of used him um, and has taken liberties with having him do things that she's been half truthful about mm-hmm. um, but yeah I did like that the, notice that too like you know this kind of modesty and that dovetails with why she chose him you know because cause he's uh, a human with enough uh, restraint to not ro- uh, rape a, a helpless robot woman um, I thought that stuff was, uh, w- was was really cool and also the idea that like Caleb's not an idiot like I think his idea was he's going to chain up Dolores because he doesn't fully trust her like he's like you know how the fuck do you keep predicting like am I still under control am I free yet mm-hmm. and you know she kind of I, I felt like she t- she took the opportunity when she busted out of her chains why she had already kind of like it, it, it's it's just all show not tell which is why it's so brilliant but like yeah. she De- decided she could bust out those chains anytime, but she waited until she had won his trust over conventionally before she demonstrated that like, I didn't have to. Right. Um, I thought yeah, that was if all I, really. Sure. Sure. If I wanted to smash you, I could have smashed you.
0: Um, yeah. 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 You, you don't, she's kind of, you know, saying, but not saying like, you don't have power here other than the power that I'm sort of granting you. And it's, yeah
1: I, I don't know it it worked for me the scene is really I'm a, good i'm a manipulator but i'm a benevolent man, manipulator <laughs> yeah well Rock's making that claim too <laughs> well yeah and i don't think that that's accidental you know yeah uh okay
0: let's move on to william meeting a guy in the lobby of a hotel and he tells him look you're gonna unfreeze all my assets and give me the location of the delos assets so that i can save the fucking
1: world <laughs> I use my walking around cash on the scotch. Now give me
0: me my dead man
1: money. (laughs) I assume that's just on his tab, right? I guess. Yeah, you show up. But but he's dead. He's dead. Um, With what credit did he buy that? I don't know. I don't know. Social credit. Hmm. Yeah. But I'm sure sure he tips well. Yeah. But (laughs) with what money? no uh, he, he he's get, tipped
0: well in the past
1: is my point like bartender oh, sees best best customer he's ever had walking in okay he gives that, him a sip of scotch and also didn't hear that he died and well i guess that's mm, yeah, yeah that's no, like I a believe technical that. death i think he's dead in like a flag in some database but there's not news reports that like you know no. co-founder of dalos died because the world is ending outside so dead. all right that that all tracks that all tracks Uh, Then we move on to Siroc telling
0: Maeve that Dolores isn't dead and she needs to finish this. Uh, His crew also discovers that Caleb was helping Dolores and has something uh, given to him by Solomon, which we know is the drive that brings down the whole system. Uh, And he sends Mm -hmm. Maeve after Caleb.
1: Yeah. And that's why, you know, he apparently thinks and I'm. it's not entirely clear why he thinks this, but he thinks this this human immortality project data is going to help Robo Hobo one hundred percent come into grand unified compliance. Hmm. Um, it is super not clear to me how plugging this data would make that fuzzy ass circle like a you know a nice concrete discrete ring again. But he believes it and it's a sincere belief and and he thinks Dolores has got it. So I guess you you go with that. Do you have any idea why? I mean,
0: my thinking on this is that he assumes that, okay, well, RoboHobo could uh, control the humans and it could put them sort of back in their place even though they know uh, what the system is now. But what it can't do is get... It's get its hands around like the new influence, which is Dolores and her crew. Mm-hmm. But I don't know because the outliers are are a thing, and
1: like now yeah, everybody's I just, an
0: outlier. It's it's I tough. Know,
1: and I keep coming back to like Robo Hobo was able to predict like X amount of years of human history perfectly mm-hmm. with with just a shard of data that they had. So it's like it almost like if you could do that, then you know, what do you, what do you still need that data for? But again, they yeah. asserted it and I'll roll with that. Yeah.
0: Next scenes, Dolores and Caleb making their way toward reboam picking up several hired guns along the way. Uh, Hale appears, Dolores appears and tells Dolores that she's got a plan of her own. Uh, and then the shooting starts. And Dolores sends Caleb off on his own before being confronted by Maeve. This it's kind of a long sequence, but it's action. So it's not, you know, a ton to talk about here. Uh, Dolores has man- manages to fight off Maeve's goons as Caleb meets up with another crew and Dolores kicks Maeve's ass but lets her live and then she's frozen by Haloris who taunts her for a while before saying goodbye
1: yeah that's a that's that's a lot it Um, is a lot so one of the problems I had in this scene is even though like I think this is a vast improvement there's a couple things like (sighs) How much of this is like, you know, dueling everything is going according to my plan and how I foresee it, because um, if Hale can make buys on the Rico app, Polaris can and so can Dolores. Why this? This reminds me of like uh, eBay bid sniping. Mm-hmm. like oh i'm gonna get this thing for like a 50 dollar deal and three seconds in an automated ai snipes it and gets it for 51 50 you know like why when the snipe like shouldn't there be like a bidding war with the sniper yeah, yeah uh also who has the money you know if they both have access to the money why didn't one move to cut the other off um, like, well, why is Dolores able to outbid Holorus? Like, some of this stuff was a little fast and loose, but it was cool. Like, and it was kind of like funny and cynical and grim. Like, you know, Dolores is killing all these humans right in front of, of Caleb and him being mildly horrified by it all. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I thought, I thought that was, uh, that was pretty cool. The fight stuff again, like, man, I, I really enjoy this, but also there's a little bit of like, why couldn't all of this season been this good? Why couldn't all oh, the yeah. fights and maybe this, you know, like they couldn't help uh, Hemsworth tearing his bicep off or whatever he did. Um, but you know, if you can split Rachel Evan Woods face and shove an egg in it and have it be completely believable, you can't digitally composite Hemsworth face on some you know, stunt man's body to get the, the stunt you wanted. I mean, maybe they just didn't have the time for it. It's just, yeah. these stunts were so fucking good and so much better than anything, not just in the execution, but again, like in the staging, I paid a lot of attention mm-hmm. to where, like when they had they, they carefully arrayed everybody to where like as as uh, Dolores is moving through and mowing these like she had she she picked a path that gave her cover from much of the fire coming from the other people. They were shooting themselves. She was using human shields. Uh, she was using the train to her advantage. Um, you know, it's just it was just all fucking epic. And, you know, you still like people as well, maybe they want to save it for the finale. Nah, man, because none of the other stunt scenes are more than like 15, 20 seconds. This was a solid three to five minute action scene and it would have been mind-blowing even if the other stunts had been up to this quality and caliber. So, sure. you know, last I want to say about it. John Wick uh, doesn't but, save shit. John
0: Wick goes hard the whole right. thing,
1: you know. Right, 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 right. And that's the state of the art if you want to you know, and you know, you, you can do dramatic stuff to, 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 so it doesn't have to be wall-to-wall John Wick because John Wick largely mm-hmm. excused the uh, that side of things. Absolutely. But this is where this is where you need to be if you want to sell a slick modern sci-fi thriller. And I I really hope that the personnel they bring back next year, uh, you know, they or whenever they start doing this, uh can can live up to this because boy, they go back to some of the early season three or mid-season two stunt stunt work and state, not just the stunt work itself, but the staging. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, why? are these two characters in an empty room with no cover? Why are they missing shots? Why are you getting yeah, this excuses? equilibrium? What is this? Yeah, exactly. Whereas like, you know, like Maven, Maven Dolores felt like I felt like every a strike with the blade that Maeve was trying to do is a kill stroke, uh, you know, yeah. and like Dolores blocking it with her gun I to kind of that- hide the reveal that she's a met. You got the, the all metal built to last body. It's really yeah. good, really that- good pacing. And, and, that,
0: that shit is the coolest to me, where they're actually using the fact that these are superhumans. Um, Because, like, you know, John Wick is just a dude, right? Like, he's an mm-hmm. especially talented uh, dude, but, like, he's just a dude. He's a sack of meat. Whereas, like, yeah, you get the moment where Maeve digs her blade into Dolores' arm. And it's like, what the fuck? That's really, really cool. You get the moment where... Dolores jumps off the bridge and shoots three rounds into a dude's chest as yeah. she lands, you know, face first onto a car and doesn't phase her because that's who she is.
1: Like that stuff is really cool to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so seeing the how they brought all that to life, you know, because like uh, apparently Evan Rachel Wood actually, I mean, she only fell two feet, but it has a real impact that they, they filmed at the end of that. And you can tell. And also some of this character came out in the fight. Like, I love uh, Maeve. Like, you know, Dolores is like, hey, I don't want to fight you. She goes, Yeah, because I kicked your ass last time. She's so confident. Yeah. And then when Dolores does all this John Wick bullshit and just jumps off this three story overpass, triple tapping this guy on the way down, like it cuts to Maeve and she's kind of like rolls her eyes like Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, it's it's really it it's it's really funny. And you get those characterizations through the action, which is you know, that's that's good action. Good action advances the plot. Good action makes you feel stakes and pumps your pulse and makes you feel excited. And good action uh, furthers your understanding of a character. And they checked off all those boxes in this episode. Can't say enough good things about it. Yeah.
0: Uh, anything else about those scenes or should we move on to Caleb uh, and the riot? I think We can move on. Sure. OK, so Caleb makes his way through a riot with the help of his Rico friends and the bodyguard crew that he picks up. Uh, and then he takes a police copter, I'm going to say, uh, to wherever it's going. hmm. I, uh, so, okay. There's a lot of cool stuff in this scene. Marshawn Lynch grabbing that grenade out of the air and throwing it is yeah. fucking cool. And that's like, you know, the equivalent of using Dolores superhuman abilities. <laughs> uh-huh. They're using sure. Marshawn Lynch's, uh, superhuman abilities in this scene to, mm-hmm. you know, bust through lines and make crazy yeah. catches and throw them back. Like love, yeah. love seeing that stuff. Uh, uh-huh. A little strange that Caleb is able to just hop into a police vehicle and have I it go where that. he
1: wants. Yeah. 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 They, I they mean, no security, not it. even
0: door locks. I got door locks on my car. I don't know about you, but I got door locks.
1: Well, I think they. I don't, it felt like an unforced error, and it was a rare unforced error in this episode because they set up the police noticing the move towards the vehicle. They had them shoot it, and they had Marshawn dive in front, but then they realized, ah, oh, we kind of need a moment where Caleb doesn't look like a total asshole and just uses people. But yeah, I think that yeah. would have been cool. Like, you know, in the same way that, like, uh, Maybe he appreciates the way Dolores has has had to make some sacrifices along the way too. like they had everything, but then they had to slow things down for 30 seconds while the police guys like what's going on. And like, yeah, no, I'm not going to defend it. That was the one really kind of like, what the fuck, slowing down for 30 seconds to give these people a a character beat in the middle of this action scene scene. wasn't wasn't the greatest.
0: Yeah. And I, I wanted something between them because, like, they're clearly friends. They have been since, you know, this whole season started. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they, they probably mean as much as anybody means anything to these people. They mean a lot to each other. So mm-hmm. they did need a moment. But, yeah, they could have done better with that moment.
1: Yeah, or like I thought where they're going was like, you know, Marshawn is going to beast mode his way through the, the riot wall and then, you know, the, uh, use that distraction of these people pouring through, keeping the cocks, co- the cocks, the cops occupied uh, to to steal their chopper. But it's tough because yeah. they established that this was no man's land for a, a mile to go. So he needed some way to like get a, a cheat to, to get out of there and advance the plot. But eh, this didn't quite come together. It's the one one set piece that didn't quite come together yeah and you know the
0: the scene had the the good it had the bad so
1: yeah there's also some interesting that that, uh, speaking of kim renfro she pointed out in her details article that uh a lot of these police barricades were made out of like inter uh like interlocking uh like geodesic uh um triangle patterns which was you know Rehoboam is is defined by circular kind of like um cylon eye patterns Uh, When we see Solomon, he's defined by the geodesic dome, triangular kind of pixelated look. And a lot of these barricades and stuff had those same kind of triangle designs. And then there was also someone had taken one of those and filled it in with like uh, one of the Illuminati all seeing eye pyramid shapes, (laughs) uh, implying that like there's a little bit of Solomon here in the outworking of this plan and doing all that Hmm. stuff visually, I think is really cool and rewarding. There's still yeah. this this maze popped up all over the place, too. And some yeah. of this graffiti and the anti uh, system, anti uh, categorization, anti insight. Did you uh, graffiti? Did you ever I still out know. why? So so I read an interview with
0: um, I, I want to say it was a, a set designer, a production designer. I I, I can't remember uh, exactly mm-hmm. her position, but she was talking about how they realized somewhere along the way that if they're going to go with this plot where we kind of don't know what Dolores' plan is until it unfolds. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. also we're not going to be able to tell people like how that is leaking into the real world and how she's like influencing the world uh over the course of this. So they had to do something to like drop little hints here and there mm-hmm. that Dolores had a hand in some part of this, maybe through the Rico app, maybe yeah, you know, this is all speculation at this point because she doesn't say this in the yeah. interview. But like maybe through the Rico app, she's hiring people to go tag things with the maze, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So they were trying to do something with that. I I honestly didn't pick that up. I didn't think, it, you know, I I understood the connection between the maze sure. and Westworld, but I was very confused as how that made it out into the real world. Apparently, Dolores did it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if she was doing like stuff you see in early goings of The Expanse where she's like spray painting Banksy style, Caleb, you know, Mm -hmm. remember the can't shit on the walls, like seeding the idea that he's this John Connor figure. But like the maze is something very specific to the robots of Westworld. The thematic connections there. Yeah. Um, If that's just some set designer kind of going wild and, and making those, that's. Hmm. I was really hoping there's a, some kind of satisfying uh, answer to that, and I also like the fact that they established that Rico is not just a, a, a just a robo hobo thing. That it's it's uh, it's a system that he exploits, mm-hmm. but it's also an open system. You know, like yeah. it's it's uh, uh, d- 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 it's it's, a, it's also kind of a free market too that that anyone can use. Because uh, that was one of the questions I had: is like, are all of these things just like is is Rico only to uh take down the outliers of humanity um because that didn't really jive with the way we saw it being used early on where like you're stealing money out of an atm and you're like retrieving some rich kid that's uh implants gone fucko no but yeah like it's it's a blend like you know robo hobo goes in there to like you know put his thumb on the scales from time to time but so could dolores and that was cool uh and i mentioned
0: in the instant take but damn the soundtrack It's so good. Mm. It's so good. Uh, Like, I'm a sucker. You know, obviously I said it for sci-fi, but this specific like cyberpunk aesthetic. Yeah. Damn. Damn. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Then we move on to Bernard arriving at his destination, uh, promising Stubbs that they'll get him patched up after this stop. And he goes into a house where he finds not Dolores, but he finds out that his cornerstone was someone else's real life, uh, which is emotionally resonant for him. He talks with his not-quite wife about how he's been failing to deal with the loss of his not-quite son, and she tells him to hold on to the memory.
1: Are we sure he's not Arnold? Like, literally, the like a human with full fidelity? Because here's the thing, Caleb didn't know shit about Caleb's own past because yeah. of his conditioning and brainwashing. Uh, we got that like weird marble human hybrid thing. Like, I wonder if one of the things we're going to find out about uh, Bernard going into the future is he literally is Arnold with a few like memories locked away and a few because it's super resonant. I think if you, you know, like he like he's an amnesiac that like someone filled his head full of junk that he doesn't trust anymore. But then he re- then he finds out that all of these cornerstones were actually real. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they didn't happened to him, but they did happen And he was right to care about him. Like this person, he's he's carried this torch for this Charlie kid, but like there's a real woman on the outside that was doing the same thing and almost to the extent that like what really made it resonant too is like, you know, when she's saying like, why would you let someone you love go? In fact, that's why you know, he's kind of apologized for why Arnold blew his brains out and she says, that's why I made that I felt that call. I felt that darkness closing in. But like if I gave into that, then Charlie would be gone. And like now Mm -hmm. she's For whatever reason, seems like she's suffering from Dementia. She's at the end of her life. And here's Bernard. He can take that torch and keep that light alive. Potentially Um, forever, right? I mean, that's that's especially
0: resonant with a being who may not die. Doesn't necessarily have to.
1: Yeah. And I think there's there would be something very resonant in that the man who set all this liberation of this new life form in motion would also be the first citizen of this new world. You know, yeah, um, I, I think that's that's really f- that's really fucking cool. And like I said, I thought yeah. this was really, really a great emotional resonant scene. Uh, um, him and Gina Torres had a, a, a some pretty easygoing chemistry, despite her working through about 30 years of of aging makeup. Uh, I really I really loved it. And I'm I'm intrigued with the possibilities of Bernard Arnold going forward. Yeah. And uh, unfolding
0: as part of Dolores's plan uh, makes this extra special because you know in this moment when like like you said he's realizing that there was someone out there who was living the actual cornerstone that he very much felt through most of his existence uh and then thought was a lie toward the end uh or leading up to this i guess dolores has put him in a place where now he is identifying very intimately with a human being um he he might almost feel as if he is in line with human beings emotionally, right? Like he, yeah. if, if he can get to those places, if Dolores can push him in that direction, he's probably the best hope uh, once she's gone for actually bringing about whatever, you know, utopia of human and host uh, society that she's looking for. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good. And, and Jeffrey Wright, God damn. Jeffrey Wright is amazing in this scene.
1: yeah. Can't
0: can't say enough good about Jeffrey Wright. If you like him, uh, go watch him in Boardwalk Empire because he's very different there. But still, that's just the first amazing. thing
1: I was thinking the same thing. The first two things I saw him in was that and that weird uh, second Hunger Games. Uh, but I, he really hmm. made an impression on me on on Boardwalk. And uh, yeah, it's been really fun watching him do so many so many so much cool stuff going forward. Okay, let's
0: go to Seraq cooking Dolores up to Rehoboam, extracting and destroying her memories one by one to find the key in her head. What a bastard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no two ways about it. <laughs> uh, I don't have much more to say about that. We get to the meat of it here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb kills a bunch of guards at Insight and takes the key card that they have on them, gaining access to the building. He tries to load the code to kill Rehoboam, uh, into the machine, but he's stopped by Maeve, and she takes him to the chamber where they're extracting Dolores' memory.
1: Uh, I, did we talk? Did we talk last week, or was this something we talked on lunch or some other unrelated thing about this article I read about um, this uh, this guy who I, I forget what is exact. He's a scientist that studies like futurology and like economy and stuff, and he got uh, tapped to do this presentation in front of these uh, wealthy. Um, you know, like finance guys. And he thought it was going to be like some kind of like, you know, talkie game, but it was just like four or five of them drilling them on questions like, hey, where's the best place to live after an environmental collapse? Uh, and they, he asked a bunch of questions, but one of the ones that really stood out to me was, how do you maintain the loyalty of like mercenaries that you would hire to protect you in a post apocalyptic scenario? Mm-hmm. And they were floating things like, well, what if we had this like massive food bank and it was only coded to like information that we knew so I can essentially blackmail them with starvation? And I think that this scene where he's like don't die for these guys man is the ultimate rebuttal like i don't know Mm. it's it seems that i guess that's the cold comfort if some of these like really rich evil people do decide to try to make off and leave us behind on their deserted you know their 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 highly fortified compound islands i don't i I guess it's like four or five weeks before the mercenaries just take them over and (laughs) and rule them like tyrant kings like yeah because i yeah, how, how, how if the dollar collapses and and all you can offer is food and survival to the guy with with guns that are protecting you? Mm-hmm. Why don't they just take it from you? You yeah. know, like what moral or ethical argument are you going to give to to them in that situation? And I thought this was a little a nice little moment of like, you know, gun the guy's head's like, hey, man, don't don't die for this guy. It's not worth it. And the guy agreeing and uh, Aaron mm-hmm. Paul letting him go. Yeah, I do like that moment.
0: Uh, th- there's a little bit about this scene that I don't like, which is oh yeah, it, you're using you're using physical access, uh, really? I I feel <laughs> like that with all the biometric shit they've got going on, there's not a lot of reason to have a key card. But also in the when the, the key, lobby, yeah, yeah, right. But when the key card is taken off one of the goons and Rehoboam sees that happening, it doesn't have the forethought, the foresight, the the Mm. ability to go in and revoke access for that user to the front doors. (laughs) Like, it could do it in a millisecond. As soon as it saw that, like, this guard was on its knees, it should be cutting Uh off access to that card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Yeah. Uh, minor, minor annoyance with the technical. Yeah, we, we have some feedback usual.
1: from a system admin where like, yeah, the more <laughs> you know about computer security and and, and, and countermeasures and stuff, the, the more ridiculous this is. But, you know, very yeah. few shows get to, like the only one I can think of in, in recent memory that's even come close to getting it right. is Mr. Robot. Yeah. And even they cut a bit of corners for their apocalyptic, uh, you know, wind up too. So it's like it, yeah. it's it's hard. It's hard. You know, usually usually physical security or any kind of security fails because of the people element. Mm-hmm. And here you got the giant ball running things that shouldn't happen. <laughs> right. But it's a very stupid it's it, it's a not a very satisfying story that the A.I. wins game over. So they had to they had to have a, a little bit of dumb, dumb moments here for it to not to go that way. Fair. Uh, OK, let's get to some more of this scene. Serac
0: explains that Dolores is using him because he's a violent man. Uh, it explains to Caleb that is, uh, Mm -hmm. and if he succeeded, human civilization would collapse entirely. He also smashes the drive with the kill code. Uh, and we get a short, all is all hope is lost montage, I guess. Uh, Maeve Mm -hmm. is suddenly able to hear the communications of Rehoboam and Serac and changes her mind about helping him though. She can't do much about it right now.
1: Man, Robo Hobo can really snatch uh, victory from the jaws of defeat. Like, I, th- that, that all is lost montage where it's like the cops had managed to contain the riots and it looks like the circle is going to go back into, that's happened a bunch of times. Like, you know, circle's blown out, Sarah gets to buy out at noon, ah, circle's back to normal. Then chaos ensues, but the riot police are able to quell the riot. And now it's like, it's, man, mm-hmm. he's, uh, those predictions are really malleable it seems like and I think that's a story yeah. they've been telling consistently the fact that Robohobo can get at 99.9 percent accurate but that point one percent is a fucking doozy yeah um, and yeah, I we, like that. we saw that throughout this 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 uh, especially I guess if you got Solomon I, I hmm, maybe I'll wait to ask that question here in a bit okay
0: um, it, so we talked about this in the instant take but i think it's worth mentioning again just how cool this idea of seroc being a slave to his own machine is um yeah it 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 conveys a certain amount of trust that his plan a certain amount of conviction and i you know even if i don't believe that someone uh someone's goals are worthy of appreciation i can at least appreciate their conviction to their beliefs and That, to me, is, like, what makes Serac such a strong character. Like, he's seen a vision of devastation. He wants desperately to prevent that. And he's willing to subject even himself to whatever... The the consequences of whatever plan he's put in place.
1: Yeah, because I I was thinking... Uh, you know I asked on the instant podcast like the one because you're right like what makes him a great villain is like his conviction and total lack of hypocrisy you know yeah. like he doesn't spare himself from any of these consequences and I said it might be interesting to know what would happen if Ro- Robo Hobo had said uh, put, the pl- put the ear piece in your brother you go to sleep mm-hmm. but I think he would have done it because like yeah. honestly living a life as a puppet for an AI that you, that you created is perhaps a, like a harder to swallow fate for someone like Ciroc. And than than just sleeping until a time where we can get things fixed. And, you know, if you get that much faith, I almost is the easy option. All right. Yeah. I'll go to sleep and you you come sand my rough edges off and then I can inherit all this stuff, uh, you know, debt free. Um, I absolutely do think he would have taken that nap if, if he was ordered to, because he's just, you know, and He's not, and this is the like we thought that he was the one kind of you know um, selfishly um, pulling all the strings, Mm -hmm. but that final piece of hypocrisy is washed free from him because he himself was a puppet. He was being puppeted. That's not the life that he wanted to lead. It was like this like weird kind of like self martyrdom that he was going through. Yeah, I think he's 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 joining the pantheon of like uh, the Magneto and Killmonger uh, as like very relatable. Uh, don't agree with your methods or your ends, but yeah, you know, you, you came by them honestly and you apply them in a fort Wright manner. manner. Uh, and they could have taken it, you know, even one step further and had him do something that he
0: that was clearly a sacrifice because you know, look, living in the sky as a, a trillionaire, yeah, could, you know, having the the machine tell you to do all the things to pull the world strings is not exactly a sacrifice. Uh, the sacrifice, I it guess, is if is- it's
1: twenty four seven like ah, i'm gonna yeah. set up a three-way with all the world's most exotic models this weekend robo hobo's like actually you got to go down to chile and actually, and, and, <laughs> right. and threaten this dictator and then if you do have that three-way to yeah the, the world's gonna yeah. end <laughs> sorry yeah. look in three in there's gonna be a mash as soon as you have the three-way there'll be a mass casualty event in six months yeah. Like he looks at his I watch don't, and no, that doesn't like not seem fun. what <laughs> That doesn't seem does it seem like a, a fun, like millionaire, playboy, billionaire, trillionaire, yeah. trillionaire, playboy lifestyle. But and, uh, and against the sacrifice I'm sure has, has its benefits,
0: you know, his, his brother, right? Like having to put his yes. brother
1: into cold storage
0: was a big sacrifice for him. And even to the point where, like, I speculated how he might sort of see Solomon as his brother, as some mm-hmm. like proxy for his brother. Mm-hmm. I think in this episode, they make it totally explicit, right? Like at the end, when mm-hmm. Rebo is being shut down he just shouts not not my brother or something like that don't shut down my brother or whatever uh-huh. so it's definitely like in his mind that this is not even just the work that he and his brother did but like his brother's embodiment almost
1: plus it's like you know like i th- i think You're, you know, don't discount the work too, because the work has been his entire life. It's literally been from the time he's a small child. Like, he this is everything he's worked for. He thinks that you literally are pressing the button that says human extinction. Mm -hmm. And that's not, it's not, it's, it's, it's his brother and all that. But like, he, he's, you know, you could easily tell the story from the uh, position that Caleb's a villain, you know, and it's also, Absolutely. It's also not clear to me that that this isn't a mistake long term, like, you know, maybe, you know, uh, if humanity goes extinct on its own terms, is that better than them spending a few hundred years in bondage until they're able to figure out how to live in a in a world of uh, and and, and get free control to to, to solve the hard problem of free will? I don't know. And I think I, I hope they continue to explore that in in seasons to come. But that's why I think it's so good. It's like someone who's diagnosed with a
0: particularly bad form of cancer, particularly aggressive one. Right. Like, yeah, there's a choice you have to make somewhere along the way of how much pain and suffering do you want to put yourself and your loved ones through to try and get better versus how, you know, the the pain and suffering that comes with just sort of living out the rest of your days, your shortened days Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in a relatively healthy state.
1: That's yeah, a that's a great way, decision. To, especially since it's uncertain, like, you know, right. if everyone, if, if doctors say, hey, you're going to go through 18 months of fucking hell. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, you're going to get 20 years of, of relative health. Everyone would make that deal, no matter how deep the hell was. Right. But that's not you don't get that with chemo or radiation. It's like, you know, if you do this, it's going to be 18 months of hell and you might get this or yeah. that or the other. And you get this percentage of chance, like what how small percent and how much hell do you go through as everyone's decision um, and it's real poignant to have a person say, you know what? Uh, that's everyone's decision to make. Um, mm-hmm.
0: And I think that's the I don't know, key I guess-
1: in this episode. Yeah, and there's a little bit of that, that trolley problem is that like you still, uh, you know, Caleb says everyone gets to make the choice. Not really, because I'm sure there's a not zero number of humanity, probably a, probably a slight majority of humanity that would take the other deal, like a comfortable life on rails rather than whatever the, the hell they're going to go through. And he makes the decision for those people. So, you know, he's really yeah. pulling the lever for the outliers more than the conformists. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how that plays out. OK, so we're down to Dolores's final
0: memory sector. There's still no key. Dolores lets Maeve into her mind and they chat about her motivations one last time. Uh, motivation actually turns out to be the beauty that humanity endowed them with and hope that humanity will return to that beauty if they're shown the path. Uh, Maeve comes out of her mind and takes down everyone in the room. We see uh, how Caleb actually knew Dolores, which is this little you know flashback to where uh, kind of the second half of the flashback we saw earlier. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Maeve gives Caleb over uh, control over Rehoboam and he has a delete itself.
1: On subsequent watches, um, I realize I want to see if you agree with me here when when Dolores and Maeve touch hands and there's like a half second jitter uh, of like the uh, her and her her beautiful painting. I think that entire conversation took place in that instant. And then that the right. rest of the scene is Maeve pondering it and making the choice, the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, like that, that, that I thought that was really uh, cool too. Yeah. Um, that, like, when Dolores actually screams and shorts at Rohoboam, th- that that final memory is the access code that she's injecting. Um, did you think also, like, in second thought? Remember we talked about last episode where there was something that passed between Robohobo or not Robohobo, but Solomon um and her right before she hit the kill switch that little fluttering um, of the eyes yeah it seems like it wasn't just an all clear but i think there was like some kind of dense transmission of this access code and like the plan inside dolores as well so it was like the key was almost like a decoy Mm -hmm. because else how else would she have possibly gotten the access key into her
0: well well, they say that like she they they had to give her the access key to hook her up to rehoboam so sarah the solomon
1: access key the Solomon access key, because they specifically no, the, said the Reboam access key. Right, but like what did, but they said something about she injected the Solomon plan or something. I don't know. Um, I, I thought there was may, maybe I'm adding a step that doesn't need to be there, mm-hmm. but uh, that was one of the questions I had is like, what the fuck actually happened in that last little bit? And I think it's uh, Solomon injecting his whatever it was backdoor into Rehoboam but also oh see I I thought it was um Dolores having the key because they hooked
0: her up to it and she needed it to connect and then Maeve using that key which was the last memory still left in her brain to connect to Rehoboam change
1: the access to give Caleb the control over it so Maeve did it okay I I think so yeah that makes sense too so let me ask you this question yeah What was Solomon's plan? Did it not matter the entire time? Or was this Solomon's plan?
0: No, it's the best I can tell. The Solomon's plan uh, came to fruition, you know, or lack thereof when it was smashed under Sorok's boot. Like Hmm. it never went into play ever.
1: Interesting. So but
0: I or okay, let me let me say this. Maybe. Well, so so when did the drive get copied over to? Was it before the, the fluttering of the eyes and the EMP? It had to be because the EMP goes off. I think so. Yeah, in that yeah, moment. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Like, you, do you see him, yeah, like, that, you know, hmm. make the, put the key there, it gets uh, transferred into, and then I think it cuts right over to her f- eyes fluttering. That's a good question. If anybody can decipher
0: kind of what happened with Solomon's plan, whether it was part of a larger yeah. plan by Dolores or yeah. whether it just fizzled, uh, let us know right into westworldtheballmove.com.
1: Yeah. And we, that's, that's, that's the perfect thing to ponder for next week's wrap up podcast. Yeah. Uh, we talked about some of the good stuff
0: in this scene so far. Let's talk about one of the things I didn't like. And this happens in a lot of shows, but, you know, it's, it's real annoying every time it happens. Uh, when someone says kill him, especially when they say <laughs> kill him here and dump his body. And then, and then, he looks over, he looks over as, to, as if to say, have you seriously not killed him yet? And then he says, kill them both. Nobody ever makes a move to kill anyone here. And they, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Why a, a guy like Serac could order his goons to kill one person and then kill two people and they do nothing.
1: I was looking at this because I knew you had that objection. And I'm not, you know, I mean, obviously, some of this stuff is just Hollywood. Like, if, if you can't get over this, 99% of all James Bonds are, and Mission Impossibles and Fast and Furious are ruined for you. But I thought they did, you know, Miss Gatzinger, Gatzinger did a pretty good job of having, like, one of the goons I noticed was raising his gun uh, right before, like, uh, Maeve made her decision. So it looked like they were... Going through the show of like, well, maybe they need to but but yeah, why do they even need to drag him over to this murder yeah. corner? is yeah, there's, still the there's the no fucking lobby. Yeah. Like, you know, this isn't like uh better shows have opera, like, you know, like if this is a crowded airport, you don't want to do it in front of people, so you drag him out to a back room or something. But like, yeah, there's no reason why not to just to blow his brains out here in the lobby. Yeah. Especially since you had the backdrop of the riot, you know, if like, you know, how would you explain all this blood in the lobby? Well, shit, the whole city's burning down. The world's ending. Like, yeah. You're not wrong, but you're pretty close to bucking the goads of story. You're you're, you're bucking up against the the storytelling. If the, I the, were the conf- making the- it, those kind of mistakes <laughs> wouldn't slip by. We'd change yeah, the whole I story. See, I want to see the the Jim special edition Westworld that's got yeah. all the flaws resolved. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, and the other thing you know that I that I really like is that that scene where Maeve and Dolores are talking, and we finally. Mm-hmm truly understand Dolores' motivations. Um, and and they're frankly beautiful, you know, that, that idea that huh. she has kind of oscillated between the idea that humanity is a plague that needs to be wiped out and mm-hmm. then realize that sort of humanity endowed them with some of the best parts of themselves. That's, I, I don't know, that's interesting to me. And, and you kind of have to look at the people who created them to sort of see why that might be the case right like arnold and and ford i think ford less so but arnold was kind of the one who really spearheaded this whole thing and he gave them parts of humanity that he thought were valuable
1: mhm yeah i mean even like the the greatest like you know uh, hitler was a fairly good watercolor painter uh <laughs> you know stalin uh did a lot to uh, uh boost arts and ballet and poetry in in soviet russia like even at our worst, we still appreciate beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something that like, that's, that's, that's something that says that's, that's universality that, that we can all kind of come together on in our, in our best moments. And I, yeah. And that's a choice. Like, uh, the world's got a bunch of shit in it. The world's also got a lot of uh, great stuff in, like Mr. Rogers said, you know, and during a tragedy, do you look at the flames and destruction or do you look at all the people helping? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Dolores, uh, decided to embrace the Mr. Rogers path and, and choose to see the beauty. And I, I think that's, uh, that felt right. That felt right. The, uh, I, I'm glad that. You know, that's something I've always been uneasy about. The show is like, because I could see a, a guy like Jonathan Nolan being a cynical bastard and being like, "Now, nah, fuck it, humans are all destroyed. I don't know. You know, we we don't deserve like something really truly bleak." I'm kind of glad that the show is not that because that wouldn't yeah. ultimately be a show for me because that's not what I I reject. I choose to reject that. Uh, and, and so much and of try our to build fiction, a better reality. So so much of the fiction we write does
0: you know reject that. Like it's yeah, it's uh, fiction has sort of an aspirational quality to it, and and whatever you know happens in the real world whatever shit systems we're dealing with whatever you know bad people are and powerful people are going to do there's always this ray of hope that comes through i think in our more aspirational selves and that's what i like that this show tapped into because you know this like you said it could just go down the road of of humans or a virus the the william model you know
1: yeah Yeah, there's this really quote I I meant to mention this in last week. but This is a good time as any. There's this Terry Pratchett book, uh, I think Hogfather, um, where a character is having a conversation with death about the nature of like, you know, like why like why religion and all this stuff and death is explaining like you have to be told. like 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 buying in the big fiction is, is you have to buy into the small fictions like the fairy you know like god and and the tooth fairy and and santa claus to buy the big fictions like truth justice and mercy and she's like well those are real versus not real and he's like i dare you to grind the universe down to dust and sift it through and find one atom of mercy or justice and he's like humans need these kind of stories these frameworks of like creating False realities that that make our life better. Uh, and he said that the quote is something like you have to have space where the rising ape can meet the fallen angel. And that's like what humanity is, which is a reverse. You know, I talk Mm -hmm. about this on my three right turn show, the introduction. That's a reverse of how I was taught. I was taught that man was created in a perfect state and we're at a a perpetual fate of a a state of falling. Mm -hmm. But it turns out that the material world has another analysis, which is we came from a level of absolute barbarity, no morality, no justice, uh, nature fully red in tooth and claw. And we built this uh, society of libraries and hospitals and universities and shows where we can... you know, all watch and learn things together. Um, and we have the potential to still be that, 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 uh, uh risen angel. Um, and I, 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 like that this show is, is choosing to, 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 to kind of lean on that, that sort of optimism.
0: All right, let's move on to Bernard stuffing the stubs into an ice bath in a shitty motel, drinking shitty booze. And then he tells Stubbs that the key was in his mind all along. And after saying goodbye to Stubbs, he opens the briefcase that the Lawrence gave him puts on the halo inside it
1: and then shuts down uh <laughs> Stubbs and bernard's relationship is very complicated uh-huh. uh it's you know bernard's just not like i <sighs> i don't know i don't get it it's the ones it's one of the one sour notes of of this uh, season for me other than the stunt work is that like Bernard is just uh, he's just a bastard to Stubbs like Stubbs is a thinking feeling creature and he's constantly used uh, he never takes his complaint seriously um, I don't know he definitely he fully like, like he fully doctor fords him
0: oh yeah yeah know? I mean he's a uh, Bernard has enslaved Stubbs as much as the hosts were ever enslaved to the humans so, yes like, it's supposed to be complicated and it's fucked up and I, and I guess I'm, it's
1: fine. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead.
0: the surprising thing, which I think you were kind of going to, is that Bernard is okay with this relationship, right?
1: Yeah, or it, because I because he knows deep down that like even it takes me a century, and like Stubbs is literally going to rot to some kind of like you know he's, <laughs> I, I I have this feeling that he's gonna there's going to be this Hamlet scene where he picks up his skull and is like you know alas poor Stubbs I I knew knew you well. And he's just gonna pull a socket out of that skull plug him into a new body and it'll be the Stubbs and bernard show all over again so it's like you know um did you see the is,
0: screenshot that was like showing that the gun he had is gone
1: when he wakes I back up i saw the screenshot that showed that like um there's a plant in the background like a like a like a cactus type plant that it's been so long that that plant is completely disintegrated, but I didn't notice that the gun okay. had gone missing. Implying like, yeah, Guns
0: don't disintegrate,
1: so someone no. must well, have been. They do, but certainly in less of a time frame than the, the structure itself. Oh, um, yeah. No, I, I... They pointedly don't pan the camera to the other side of the room where you could actually see some kind of like funky, mummified stubs there. Right. Um. So is he... But, is, uh, did he you know,
0: managed to get out of there uh, before Burr woke up. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It seemed like he was pretty fucked up. He was in early stage, but then again, like, I don't know what kills the host. I don't, it's not clear to me how Stubbs survived. Not three months uh, in a closet in Westworld, you know, bleeding, slowly bleeding out. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I wonder, there's still a lot of me wondering how much Dolores fingerprints are on things. Well, I mean, that might be the perfect time to talk about bernard's jedi powers well Uh, yeah before i go to that there's one thing i forgot to mention which is one of the questions i had is like how do you understand how dolores was incapacitated by holores uh yes uh
0: so so they show them they show them communicating although that might be through their phones or some other you know Mm -hmm. i can't tell if they're communicating in the series or at least i don't remember via some kind of inbuilt connection between the hosts or if they're communicating
1: via their phones like standard humans would it seemed like in the end they were communicating through the contact lenses because they always showed right. you know dolores having her eyes glow white there um but i my yeah. my explanation is that holores is the one that organized all the asset thefts from delos and when she essentially stole her metal body uh, you know Dolores when she brought Holores back you know had some built in control mechanisms which are not specified exactly but I think you're supposed to understand that Holores paid that back in kind and built in some kind of kill switch to Dolores's old chassis so that Kay. she could disable it if, it if it went rogue Um
0: I mean that just raises that's, that was my understanding uh, about yeah. Bernard saying we were always connected and knowing mm-hmm. somehow that she's gone like
1: I don't know how that works. Yeah, I do think you're going to have some kind of Jedi powers. I also really like the idea that, like, Bernard was right from, this, from the start that um, Dolores had fucked with him, but she fucked with him in, in, by embedding. The secret that she embedded was the key. Hmm. Um, yeah. th- I thought that was a uh, pretty satisfying. I mean, that's something we kind of guessed, but it's nice to see him realize that. Yeah, and then we go to
0: the final shot here before the credits roll uh where mave and caleb are watching the world collapse together as pink floyd plays uh it's it's, it's a pretty beautiful shot you know mm-hmm. i've seen westworld do better but i did like it and the music is you know timeless classic
1: yeah i really like the because man i kind of sort of knew the lyrics but i looked into the background and i guess the you know one of the uh the the the, the What do you call those? The founding members of Pink Floyd lost their marbles a bit. Hmm. And this was a song about like that experience of mental illness. And, you know, this guy kind of like uh, there's like lobotomy imagery in it. And there's a lot of stuff that the the more you you study the lyrics and and listen to the more it kind of applies to these hosts in the situation. So I thought, you know, there's a lot of people clamoring for where is my mind kind of bringing us back to season one. Um, And that would have been very Fight Club and very on the nose. Yeah. So it, it seems clear to me that this was all LaLaurin, La Lauren's plan, right? Like this DeLawrence. is he had those, those milit- is the better name by far. <laughs> all right. DeLawrence. This is DeLawrence's plan with all the trucks full of high grade liquid explosives and stuff. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. Cause he says like,
0: let's wait till tonight to, to, to celebrate, celebrate, yeah, so whatever. What,
1: what plan are they doing? I, because I'm not I guess. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, s- that maybe, um, Ciroc had built this, uh, you so the, the, it seems like Dolores is, and, and Bernard concurs is that this, the society collapse is going to happen regardless of what. It was inevitable. Mm-hmm. The Serac had just delayed the inevitable. So, like, maybe they had to give, you know, that dam that was going to crack anyway a few good kicks to make sure it fully broke. Um, I don't know because like I said that's something for maybe next week we can talk about the the full plan of Dolores what, how like is that plan even still valid now that you've got Holoris, uh fucking with things right. um, you know because she seems pretty committed to kill all humans oh yeah but uh all right, and, and I also like how Maeve says like this is very much in Westworld like, you know, in this world you can be whatever the fuck you want. Like we heard that so many times in season 1 of Westworld. Mm-hmm. Now it's like it's it's like Westworld with no fucking backups and everything's real. Uh Yeah, and the the brain damage song, the way that they do that with starting with the
0: piano going into the full song uh with all the instruments and the vocals and everything R- really signifies like we're in a brave new world here where Choices are actually choices that there's a there's a richer tapestry of life here in this new world that they've unleashed or at least the potential for it. And I think, yeah, they did a great job with the soundtrack there. Indeed. Uh, We go to after the credits. I don't know how many people shut the show off at the beginning of the credits shame on you shame on you they've done this three years in a row now yeah you should know better with westworld um there's an after credit sequence where william goes to delos dubai where he finds hale making many many hosts and he's killed by a copy of himself uh and then a significant amount of time later bernard wakes back up in a very dusty room
1: okay who is the man in black because some people think this is um william's copy with perfect fidelity i think my theory is this is william as dolores remembered him she re like Dolores reconstructed this version of william which is why you've got this like you thought that this was a stain that you tried to purge but you didn't realize that 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 stain was you and now it's me um, and I really like that like note of um, sadness that Holoris was showing, like as the man of black is ruthlessly killing uh, William, there was a little bit of melancholy to like, you know, this is one of her oldest relationships and they've gone through bad times and good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if she sees some kind of like connection and they're both their descent, you know. Like, hey, you know, have to, if the world had been slightly different, things would turn out differently. But you know, you think all my kind need to be extinguished, and I think all your kind need to be extinguished, and that's what's going to happen. Um, what do you think of my idea that like this is not a copy of William? This is actually uh, one of those reimagined kind of Bernard from Arnold copies. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it makes a certain okay. amount of sense. All right, and I do think, yeah, he 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 was and and yeah he's he's uh he's in bad shape he's bleeding out he's tons of blood coming out. Do you think we'll see yep. him and william again? Uh, huh. depends on what
0: you mean um i I don't think we've hit season two's uh post credit sequence yet. I think there's still mm. more to do with william um and you know i technically, I guess that's some sort of host that William's being put into, but I don't know. I don't know. Season two's post credits finale uh, has not happened, in my opinion. It's going to happen sometime in the far future. But even then, that's not
1: human William. That's what I mean. Like, is it? Yeah, okay, okay.
0: how, How much of William is William if he's stuffed into a host body? How much of James DeLos was James DeLos? You know, fidelity is one thing, having like
1: some real person there is just different, but I don't know. The other thing is, I mentioned that, like, I, I got it wrong the first time I watched this. I said that uh, Bernard is going into the sublime to figure out a way to stave off Armageddon. And when I watched it the second time, I'm like, well, you fucking failed, buddy, because it looks like he woke up and Armageddon's already happened. But he actually said what he's going in there is to find what happens next. There was no way. There is no hope to to stave off this destruction. It's, all, it's, it's the only question is... How do we move forward and rebuild after this thing happens? Mm-hmm. so I just wanted to you know uh, put that out there and and uh, own up to me miss 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 reading what the the intentions were on the first the first show and I guess uh, I wanted to one more time before we
0: uh get to the end of this season talk about that free energy principle um that mm. we were uh, you yeah, know, a little of feedback too yeah Fr- friston is that his name the the mm-hmm, scientist mm-hmm. or philosopher yep. scientist. Um, they seem to have run with that free energy principle ball this season and in the very end swatted it away from the basket, right? Like they've rejected all of its claims because in in my reading of the free energy principle, it's that we have no choice in the matter. We are simply machines that are designed, uh, You know, and and react to stimulus in a very specific way. We don't actually make the choice to reduce free energy. We simply do it uh, because that's what we do. This show has said no, we actually have a choice and we don't necessarily have to abide by those principles.
1: Well, the so the way I understand the free energy principle is that you seek to just reduce the disparity between your expectations and what's actually happening. And you could argue that Caleb was doing that, that his expectation was if he worked hard and bettered himself, that he would have a better life. But that feedback loop was not happening because Robo Hobo was actually calling the shots. So Mm -hmm. all of the outliers burning the things down is a logical way to reduce that free energy because they're trying to to them. This hell is actually the reality that is you know that, that that they felt that they were living in it's now like their despair that they feel matches the state of the world no but it it sort of like i guess the
0: question is would he have the choice not to have done that like it, because you know in reading that that article about the free energy principle on wired it was very much uh one of the spawning moments of that idea is when he the, the scientist, when he was a child, he lifted a log and he saw a bunch of bugs scattering. And he said, those bugs don't scatter because they have brains. They're like, oh, shit, there's a monster above me trying yeah, to yeah. snuff me out. They, they just they physically reacted to the light source that had flooded in and it mm-hmm. pushed them in a direction. Right. And so it's it's not right. a choice of like whether they were able to choose to move. It's just that that's what they do. And so they did it. That's Hmm. kind of the mode I was operating under with my thinking uh, on the free energy principle. And maybe I'm wrong in that. Maybe I shouldn't
1: give that particular genesis so much credence, but I do. So I think what you're saying is. They the Dolores implied that he had a choice. Yeah. And I wonder if like to what extent does she even understands how hard a problem of free will is, because one way you could reconcile that is like Caleb had no choice but to continue to try to reduce. Um, the amount of uh, disparity between his inputs, what he was f- realizing about the world and his expectations, his predicted, his predictive models. So he had to blow up the world so it would match the despair that he felt. But there is a room where there is room for you to continue to do that process until your inputs and outputs match one to one. And then and only then do you have truly free will because Hmm. There is no disparity between you're getting perfectly accurate information that completely lines up with your expectations. So then you could choose to alter your expectations to to get a different goal. Whereas if you have faulty inputs, you can change your expectations all you want. You have no they're, they're only loosely coupled with reality. So I guess like, yeah, you don't have any choice but to try to reduce that free energy. But if you can get it to where that free energy is completely eliminated, I don't know maybe maybe that's uh season four, five, and six stuff, yeah, I don't know man, uh, just some of the stuff I was thinking about at the end of this episode. no, um, like that it. that's it uh, we do have quite a bit of feedback, and uh, we are not done with the season yet. We'll be back next week on next uh Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. It depends on uh what when we actually record this with with Kim, but let's say you have until Tuesday morning ish. Eastern Standard Time to get in your feedback for next week, which is going to be looking back at season three, looking ahead to season four. We're going to have a special guest, Kim Renfro from Insider on with us. Uh, you can send feedback for that to Westworld at BaldMove.com. And let's get to the the batch of feedback for this week. Uh, first up Rob says, I don't understand why anyone would leave Solomon powered on the risk of it escaping is just so great that they have an EMP set up to prevent it from escaping. Wouldn't powering it down be the logical solution. It seems like either Solomon is doing the reprogramming of the outlier loops while they're in cryo sleep or Solomon is the AI giving direction to the world and Rehoboam is the AI that executes that vision. I'm not sure joy and Nolan have set up either sufficiently though. Am I missing something? Yeah, I think you're missing something that they
0: wanted to, have a cool episode where they went in and talked with Solomon, and yeah. they
1: just needed him to be on. Maybe I think he's he might have stumbled onto something there that what what Solomon's supposed to be doing is working on the problem of how to fix the outliers, and ro- Robo Hobo is working on perfecting the you know the 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 shape of the world of the compliant people. So it's like
0: it's like when uh, your child does something wrong. And you send them to the corner to think about what they've done wrong, right? Solomon was trying uh-huh. to kill all the allies, <laughs> And you send them to
1: the corner to think about a solution that doesn't kill all the allies. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I. That, but uh, I mean, we talked about that last week, that it seemed bonkers that if you've got a new version, why would you keep the old version o- awake? Unless the other thing is, you know, maybe uh, Serac just couldn't do it. Like he had faith, but like mm-hmm. this was his hedge. Um, that like I'm gonna keep Solomon on to where like if this Robo Hobo thing completely goes tits up and shits the bed, I can still maybe get a viable plan out of Solomon and bring my brother. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. That's 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 a lot of pulling shit out of my ass that's not <laughs> in evidence uh, on the screen, but uh, we'll see. Because yeah. the other thing is, I don't think Solomon has been wiped out or destroyed. No, nope. I think, you know, he's got the emergency backup power, like none of the other robots marbles were were, were irreparably broken. I think there could be maybe some maybe some of the pr- detention in future plots is going to be like, "Hey, maybe we should turn the machine back on. We got one. Yeah, cuz Rock is dead one. at the end of this either. So yeah, I I think he's dying though. Like it seemed like if he doesn't get medical help Im- uh, immediately that he's going to die and and now the Robo Hobo's not there to pull the strings, that's not going to happen, but he's he's in better shape than the man in black he's better <laughs> than william rather to take his good hand and get his rico app
0: out and hire somebody to come help
1: him because <laughs> right Jesus. yeah yeah man uh come get me come get me patch me up yeah caitlin says before the finale i've been remote binge watching season one and season two with friends who are new to the show for a virtual group finale watch. And I think there's something really interesting about the conversations Dolores has with Teddy about her cattle versus what her plan now for humanity may be specifically. I was thinking about the Judas steer. Could this be Caleb and the rest that will follow wherever you make that one go versus her urging Caleb last episode to step up and lead. If the analogy holds, Dolores also mentions that if the cattle were being brought to slaughter, it would help uh, to hold the, Bernard's prediction of Dolores using Caleb to lead humanity to its demise. This is where I still am leaving the possibility open that Dolores is evil. Okay. Uh, because I mean, I, I don't know, because like that's last season and maybe she had a plan for the the, the Judas Deer. Uh, I do think the Judas Deer had a lot of fulfillment last episode or last season with like uh, the last ride of Clementine. Mm-hmm. Um so I do think that we don't have to look for a greater fulfillment of that because it already did kind of come true last season, but yeah, picking one cow to prop up and have the others follow to their slaughter is also pretty on the nose of what a plain reading of what happened in this episode. The only thing, the only reason we think otherwise is because Dolores said so and Maeve and Bernard buy it. Sure. That's the only, yeah. the only, the only frame in which Dolores' actions aren't evil. It's yeah. pretty good frame. No, you're right. But, you're right. Uh, Caitlin also has another bit that she wanted to bring her a bit attention to. There's this bit uh, with Dolores and Teddy later about burning all the sick cattle rather than having to isolate or shelter them to keep others from being infected. I always had trouble understanding that conversation. Whatever she learned from Teddy's death that changed her mind on Robot Heaven. But after watching this season, are we maybe? Uh, understanding that she's letting the host socially distance from the sick and twisted humans until she can make a place for them. I was also thinking about the unclassifieds as the subset of sick group that were, we're being sheltered from as we see in this episode, but I think it works better for her larger plan. Um, also, I believe that sickness is being spread through flies when she was talking about this and we saw the fly imagery come back. We talked about, we heard Serox say flies in the ointment. Mm-hmm. Are we sure Dolores isn't evil? Uh, well,
0: I'm as sure that she's not evil now as I was at the beginning uh, of season three (laughs) where she was evil. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it seems like more like that's Serac's plan, right? Like, you know, these flies in the ointment or, you know, his brother's plan, which is to just burn them all versus his plan to shelter the ones that are sick, keep them isolated until they get better. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess you you make an assumption that the outliers are for whatever reason more hardy or able to survive and the compliant the, the the g-class people are not but like i don't think that's necessarily true i think you're just kicking the legs out underneath the table of society and you are going to be surprised like you know who survives probably some outliers probably some g-class and probably members of both going to be dying mm-hmm. um so it's not like separating the the wheat from the the chaff as so much as it is just, you know, giving returning the choice to humanity, getting them off their loops. And like Bernard says, you know, our world had to burn for us to be free. Uh, the human world uh, apparently is no different. Uh, interesting stuff, though, Caitlin. Thanks for sending that in. Chris says, as a sysadmin, this episode really underscores the importance of phys- physical security and a good disaster recovery strategy. Mm -hmm. How do you build Robo Hobo in one of the most geographically, uh, geologically active areas in the world? You have it fully open to where kids in a school school group can like um, be within arm's reach of touching it. You have an unsecured terminal where apparently you can just throw a US, a, 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 a soldier can throw a USB stick in there and overwrite the entire programming. Uh huh uh all fair questions none of which i have good answers to yeah early on the season i thought sure that that robo hobo thing was just going to be um like a gaudy showpiece yeah like it's just a it's just a bunch of carbon fiber with uh fiber optic lights installed on it and the real deal is going to be 50 floors below the earth and there would even be like a false moment where they destroy that and it's actually not the real thing but no no it's Some of this show is is much more metaphor than than reality, because like, you know, it turns out Jonathan Nolan read this this story where, you know, this this computer was hooked up in the lobby. And that was the whole point. And he's really enthralled by that. and He wanted to do that. And Mm -hmm. but yeah, as a former sysadmin myself, I I was thinking like, well, you deleted the one copy. Where's the backup? Where's Robo Hobo Europe? Where's Robo Hobo Africa? Where's Robo Hobo Oceania and Asia? Like there's just one really, really one in the whole world. And if that has any kind of solar flare military EMP, but I, and I, 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 guess that Robo Hobo wouldn't be afraid of like a military strike cause he could presumably head that shit off at the past, but can he control fucking earthquakes? No, I, I wouldn't think so. Uh, maybe, I don't know. So an <laughs> asteroid. Like uh-huh. there's 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 eventualities that Robo Hobo couldn't, you know, that, that, that having a distributed copy of himself would would be helpful. Oh, yeah. Um, why I'm on that subject. Where the fuck is the sublime? I, I don't know. They didn't tell us. It's somewhere it's that Bernard literally can access. It's not literally in Bernard's head, is it?
0: No, I Hmm. he wouldn't need a device to go into his own head.
1: I wouldn't think so. But also, I wouldn't think that just a halo, like if it's like some kind of satellite system that it's in. Like, I, I would, I wish I knew. That I, I assume that's one of thirty. The the Kim Renfro's thirty one flavors of what the fuck? Uh, yeah. Because yeah, where is the sublime? Like he puts on the halo and it rips open the the portal right there in in the hotel room. I don't know. Next up, Ryan says the first thing that became clear to me after Shaloris's turn was that he hates she hates humanity to a fault and has done so since the start of the season. I think once you understand that about her character, all of her scenes are shown in a new light. The struggle between her and Dolores has been that ultimately Dolores now intends to save humanity as well as her own kind and to build a new world with Caleb uh, and Maeve being forerunners and Bernard keeping the access to the trove of the other hosts. Shaloris was chosen to imp- uh, impersonate Charlotte. It is clear through the entire seasons that the environment is not inducive to someone with a hatred to humans. Look at all the people she's interacting with, extremely rich, power-hungry board members, uh, a pedophile, Serac and his goons as well, all while being told to emulate Charlotte, a pretty terrible human being to begin with. Her one sliver of hope is the family she's been stuck with, and it's her family where we see the beauty side of Dolores come out. It's been depicted time and time again that Dolores is a construct as two-faced and her original Dolores personality and her Wyatt side, and these two struggle all the time. For Shaloris' family, we see the Dolores side finally start to uh, surface, yet when these family members are taken away by Serac, that side of Shaloris burns with them. So to her motivations, she can't team up with Serac because he's human and he killed her family. Dolores wanted her to die for a cause she no longer believes in. So she no longer wants to work with her. It's a three-way standoff for the future between Serac, the human-only side, Dolores, the human-robot side, and now Shaloris, the robot-only side. And now that Serac is probably dead, it's mostly between human-robot future and a robot-only future. Um, Yeah, especially with William dying. He was the other forerunner for that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about her. There's something about this analysis of the family that doesn't strike me like i think she started i think you're wrong in that she starts dolores started off with the same kind of optimistic view of humanity and there's a little bit of fake it till you make it and that being inhabiting charlotte led her away from that path and then her family being destroyed killed it permanently and being but that's pretty dolores as well yeah yeah, arguably betrayed. Um, but again, sure. like I, I also don't understand that. That's the other thing I don't understand, but why there is a special nature of the relationship between her and Dolores, Dolores and Charlotte. Maybe that explains why there's two copies of Hale, because, you know, that's another one of those 31 an- unanswered questions. Why was there two copies of Hale's body made the first time? She, did she go completely nuts in that first body? Um, Maybe. And it was rejected. So like, cause, cause like Holoris seemed the least stable. Like none of the other Dolores copies seem conflicted at all, or even slightly insane. Whereas Holoris was deeply disturbed at the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah. I guess it's worth noting that the only other one who goes into a human body is Connell's, right? Like, Mm, yeah, yeah that, but that that host doesn't seem to mind at all. But it's he's really also just going to jail.
1: He yeah. was like the most newborn of all the the pearls, right? That's he's a he's a fresh split from Dolores. Potentially true, yeah. So maybe he didn't have time to be in state unstable. Because, like, yeah, I mean, Dolores,
0: you know, he's in Lawrence's body,
1: um, right? He's a host too. Well, but it's Dolores. Yeah, All right. Shalorus put in a
0: host, a former host body. I I don't know. I'm just right. trying to make connections that maybe are intentional, maybe are not.
1: No, there's there's some stuff, like I I agree. There's a little bit of fuzzy stuff in there. Um, but like I I don't know. I do feel like there is that is one of the un, unexplained thing why Shalorus was so unstable, mm-hmm. um, and unhinged. We'll see. Uh, I think they're maybe trying to do, they're trying to draw a line between her and William. Because William started off all right and then got skewed by his experiences in Westworld. Maybe Dolores is the tale of a host that was mostly all right and got skewed by her experiences in the real world. Hmm. Yeah, that's some stuff they can they can explore. Obviously, Shaloris is going to be the head villain from here on out. So there'll be lots of room to explore her motivations in future seasons. Alexandra. I was trying to do a quick inventory on whether Dolores could be possibly dead dead and was then thinking about the status of the various clone pearls. Hale's corrupted. Connell's is destroyed. Lawrence is probably apparently uh, or is irrelevant. Apparently, I don't know about irrelevant. We just don't know much about him. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Musashi is wait, where the fuck is Musashi? Last time we saw him, Maeve was carrying his decapitated head. Are we to assume that he she didn't bring him this back to Serac, or did the interrogation information happen off screen? Is there a Dolores' clone pearl and in insight, or in Maeve's pocket? My understanding is that sh- the Holores has the Connell, the the Connell's pearl and the Musashi pearl because she mentioned when she first taunted Dolores that like uh you can you can explain your failures to their face later on so i think she now i don't know why Maeve would bring that to her yeah that's the question um but i that's my understanding that's i guess another one of the 31 unanswered questions yeah i'd have to go back and look i really don't remember um i wish they'd brought back the where's my mind cover from season one for the closing scene of Maeve and caleb it's already serving uh, fight club vibes you might as well go all in yeah like i said it's debatable but the uh, brain damage is a pretty good track too and uh thanks for your awesome coverage this season haven't watched the walking dead since maggie became mayor of a small town by 100 will be turning into your quarantine coverage and i'm excited to take that journey with you us too nice. that's that's coming in june watching dead uh on itunes uh we're gonna we're gonna do a quarantine uh a summer bummer rewatch of of season nine uh, the walking dead uh nick can we just assume that we won't be seeing jeffrey right next season since he'll be the sublime until the far future i think that that what if the entirety of next season happens in the far future like yeah you could flip that in its head and say will we ever see caleb again since he's a mortal man right and right. unlikely to survive the robot apocalypse like mm-hmm. i don't know i really don't know because the thing is I've said that one thing is I'm really afraid of is they'll season four will just be season two on the human side. I really don't want to see that. I think that would be very boring. Okay, season season two, was season
0: four is season one on the human side where the timelines well on the real world side where the timelines are such that we Mm -hmm. think we're seeing things with Bernard and we think we're seeing Mm -hmm. things with Caleb that all line up. But eventually we realize that they're operating in completely different time periods. I wouldn't. uh, I don't think that can literally happen because we know Bernard's in the future now, but like I I would say look for season four to maybe get back to the timeline stuff because you Hmm. could do this sort of split story. And I don't know if they're going to be as tricky with it. I don't know if they're going to play it straight like we're in the past here. We're in the future here and we're making points with those. uh, We're playing with those tools and making points with it. But like you could definitely see a split sort of timeline between these two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea what to expect. I would be delighted that if we're hundred years into the future, I'd mm-hmm. be kind of interested. I mean, I it it would suck to only have Aaron Paul for one season. I guess mm-hmm. that's the that's the 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 danger of like jumping forward that far in the future. But, Especially like, when they're honestly, setting him up
0: as the leader, right? Like you can't install right. him as a leader and then just discard him.
1: Unless they work out the human brain transfer, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know what? Yeah, I I don't know. Like, is are you down for like a Terminator Genesis? Because that's what it it'll, it'll, it'll be essentially. Like with him being a uh uh John Con what John Connor? Yeah. Here, like, here's the secret. I haven't seen Terminator Genesis. I haven't either. But like you you you've seen the first like couple of minutes of Terminator One and Two. And that's essentially it. So okay. like okay, you know him fighting a whole bunch of robot soldiers. I don't know. The other thing we didn't talk about yeah. is like why. Why would Holoris build all her robot army with the flesh and blood technology? That's something for an instant talk that we didn't talk about because that's that's they they have to know those are both inferior technologies. Yeah. From from a robot perspective anyway.
0: Uh my assumption is that Dalos had the machinery uh in order to do that and so
1: she just used what she had. Maybe it's easier to pass for human too. Although how there's no fucking way like an x-ray machine, blood markers. You're not yeah well that's what i'm saying like you're gonna see that that i presume that marble can show up in an x-ray yeah so i don't know i don't know because i was like maybe it's easier to pass for a human but uh let's see slightly different nick uh, because we had two nicks in a row (laughs) the post credit sequence managed to be more exciting than the entire episode i can understand that the cliffhangers are much easier to execute than landing a plane of the entire season but i came down pretty quickly from the excitement of the post-credits scenes when i realized this Uh, i keep coming back to how badly we could have used two more episodes the other dolores copies could have had some development for example lawrence just merely showed his face Mm. do i want an episode of musashi just taking abrupt control of the yakuza or would that be dumb because that's what you're asking for and i just don't know if, if you can pair it with what they did in Akane Mai
0: last season, yeah. there could be some interesting stuff there. Uh, and I feel mm. like, you know, we're going to get to this in next week's show, but that was a big flaw of this season, is that it did not try to do some of the emotionally resonant things that season two, you know, for all its flaws, did really well in a couple instances. Akane Mai and Akichita's uh, episode that I can't remember the name of. Right oh, now. Yeah.
1: uh huh. But you yeah. know what I'm
0: talking about. Episode eight. Uh,
1: fan yeah. fucking tastic. Right. Uh huh. I wonder if it's because they I wonder if that explains the two episode gap because I could easily see them doing that with both Lawrence and Musashi, like tying in that, like experience in Shogun world, tying in Lawrence's quest to, you know, protect his family and kind of cut him in between the real world and that. And they got to the writing board and they're just like, I, I don't know. And they just cut it. Um or boot it yeah, to next. That, season, that maybe. would have been cool. That would have been cool, but also fraught because like I barely believe that this robot could take over a Yakuza operation in three months. Uh-huh. I barely believe that a, a person can embed himself in the highest echelons of the the San Francisco Police Department or whatever he's doing to pull the strings and to get all the like it's it's already straining my so like l- you know, leaving mysterious and be like, well, there is a super advanced AI and there's just really smart and they're really good at technology. Like you can just assume things where if they actually try to show it, then you actually got to see like, OK, what is a superhumanly smart plan that a robot would come up with? That's right. pretty hard to pull off. So maybe... It's part of the magician trick there. Uh, Nick has a couple more criticisms. What I'm struggling with most is how the creators use their characters in this season. For example, Dolores copying herself was a pretty cool concept, but there's way too much mystery around what her plans were just in service of confusing the audience or, you know, letting you fill up your own hand cannon, head cannon because there wasn't wasn't anything there. There was no there there. Um, Yeah. Hale was the best character of the season, but they could have stuck the landing better on her being anti-human rather than being simply anti-Dolores. Um, but there again you know as you yourself point out like they were trying to also tell the story of her falling in love with humans so that's a tightrope walk for sure felt that Maeve was underutilized and her motivations didn't make sense I completely disagree with this yeah I, I do too like this she just like I think it was hard for maybe this is a like if you're not if you're very visual Like, imagine if, like, every episode they just cut to Ciroc literally with Maeve's daughter in a chair with a gun to her head. Mm -hmm. You know, she's Alyssa Milano and Commando that they cut back to, like, crying alone in the room. The Ciroc's got her. Like, that's exactly the stakes. That was the stakes. Yeah. That was the stakes, except for he could put her in eternal robot hell on top of it. Right. You know, And and as we assume, Maeve was falling along until she found her place where she could rebel and she did. So I, to me, I, I don't understand that criticism. Uh, Bernard did nothing, uh, except for him being a wanted, uh, object and had no importance. I mean, yeah, Bernard essentially was a MacGuffin this season. Can I go kind back to the last two seasons? Can, can I go back real quick to the May thing? Because
0: like, yeah, sure. They sort of undercut that whole plot in the final episode where she just wills herself to break the leash that Uh Serac has over her, you know, like he's Uh got this switch that turns her off and suddenly it doesn't because she wills it not to. And she could have done that at any time, obviously. Yeah, Uh, And she could have just joined Dolores who has the keys to her daughter's kingdom. So like they really undercut Maeve in that final, that final act of this thing. And I, I understood Maeve's motivations going through until they showed that those motivations were based on something she could have broken off the leash of at any time.
1: I think that her powers grew over the season, though, like her understanding how she could like that she could perceive that the world was a simulation and then she could take over the simulation. And those work. These powers worked on the real world. And but those were all things that she had to learn. So, like, yeah, but I don't see a shot of her early on walking through a
0: city just affecting everything. Right. Like.
1: It's Yeah, lights and stuff. But like, you know, she she also couldn't hear Sirac whispering to Roho Rehoboam the entire time. She couldn't override yeah. that cutoff switch. So like being able to level up in that way, I mean that's pretty standard hero's journey stuff. Oh yeah. Um like you know, Luke Luke couldn't target the Death Star's fucking exhaust port in act one of Star Wars either. But you know, I guess I just he, wish they weren't doing there. it
0: with every character all the time. Like Bernard suddenly knows that Dolores is gone somehow. You know all, all these connections. Case. Holoris has control over the
1: AR. Contacts. It is so much like, like Star Wars, though, dude. Like this is this is Leia on on indoor, just knowing that Luke is uh-huh. you know her family, and like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I've known. It. In fact, I've known it all along. Even when I was slipping to him tongue in the Death Star, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they but they have a <laughs> believable
0: plot device there to tell you why that the happens, force right? the the Jedi got the powers. force.
1: They got the yeah. force, man. That's what, so what this I mean. is. Yeah. So that season four is going to be uh, that. The, the, you know, they've already they've already hinted that 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 the uh, the force runs strong in the Bernard family and the May family, the Malloy family. Yeah. uh So I think all of them are going to get that. I don't know. I, I can't imagine like how fucking crazy Matrix uh, this is going to Akira. This is going to get. Uh, Stubbs is mediocre comic relief and any plans for action destroyed by his real life injury. Fair. That's just a, that's fair. Uh, Caleb was decent, but his story also served service, some obvious reveals, but I don't know, man. I, I think these obvious reveals were in, in service of giving you something to figure out so that you didn't spend too much time thinking about the real mystery. Right. I mean, I guess I'd like to know what the obvious reveals that they're referring to are the, the fact that he was, a, you know, actually a soldier, and that you know he shot Francis, and you know we talked about those reveals kind of like being somewhat obvious, but
0: yeah, hmm,
1: I don't know. Sure That's right how I feel. About you that. know, the, the other thing is like this is also hindsight from people that you know the type of people that watch Westworld, read the articles, get on Reddit, listen to podcasts, like. You know, obvious reveals, like if you made this show for only the Reddit people, it would be incomprehensible to 90% of the population. So mm-hmm. uh, then finally, all that being said, I'm excited. Still excited for the show and hope that we get more of this uh, in less than three years from now. It feels like Nolan and Joy are restricted due to resources and uh, HBO oversight. But season three might mostly function as setup for a better quality season four. Although... You could essentially say that about every season of Westworld thus far. Like, sure. Every, if everything feels a little bit like prologue to get to the fucking story they actually wanted to tell.
0: Well, you know? I mean, they're telling a, a very big story. Uh, that is so true. I, I don't begrudge them making things feel like they're, they're building. Cause that's what right. a big story has to do, you know, to make a huge snowman. You got to start with a little snowball and roll it up.
1: Right. Right. Um, Let's see. KCS. Something I found interesting that I haven't seen discussed is the specific choices of host bodies that Dolores intended for her copies, in particular the fact that she chose two humans, Charlotte and Connells, and two hosts, Musashi and Lawrence. This could be a factor when considering why Dolores was able to evolve behind her base Dolores state and rebel against Dolores when the other copies stayed loyal to their cause. The show established early on that the human Connells was very loyal, serving the Dempsey family for many, many years. So if it works the way the show insinuates that the host begins to merge with that of the person whose body they inhabit, it would make sense that the Connells Dolores would stay loyal in the same way that the human Connells was loyal. Meanwhile, for the other two, they were always hosts to begin with, who, like all hosts, were based off the original Dolores as stated in the finale. So there'd be no reason for them to evolve towards something else. The concept of a host evolving towards a person of the body they inhabit is something I struggle to wrap my head around. Agreed. Mm -hmm. But it feels like a concept of human host hybrids is a direction the show continues to lean towards as we get to the later seasons. We see the host testing the concepts of the man in black's fidelity in the season two post credit scene. And now in season three, we see the death of the human man in black, along with the birth of his host version. How do we think this brain ball inside the host version of man and black was created? Is the brain ball a copy based on the original Dolores model in the same way Dolores explains the Maeve in this episode, or did she use the William data captured during his experiences in the park to help achieve fidelity? Or as I speculate, she just remembers him. Yeah. Could be. Uh,
0: I don't know the answer to that, but you're essentially expressing the thing that I was, the connections I was trying to make earlier, but didn't quite do it. You're expressing them much more, uh, plainly
1: so yeah and i it honestly doesn't make sense that you put a robot brain into a organically constructed body and it influences them now i do think right playing a role because i do believe like if you want to be if you're in if you're insecure and unconfident and, and in confidence not confident the best way to get that is to f- pick a role model that you think is confident and secure and act like them like to fake it till you make it Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a psychology it's, it's it's not easy um, and it's, it's fraught with peril but that's the easy, that's the, that's the only way that 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 works so I think that like if you start off with Dolores and you force her to play a role uh, to fit into it the society that that would fundamentally start to change you know change change who she is as a person and i think that's what they're going with rather than just like oh god i've i'm in a i'm in a charlotte shaped body now so i'm kind of sort of banali evil <laughs> i just wish they would have uh, expressed it differently in
0: the show because I, I definitely came away with that impression
1: agreed yeah agreed um uh, but they didn't i mean that's the th- that's the that's the 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 danger of show not tell storytelling. Like they could have spent five minutes making that all explicit, but they were showing it. So then it's open to people's interpretations. But they did make um, it somewhat
0: explicit in the opposite direction. They like how Cholores Ch- Ch- at some point is like, "This body, I feel like it's doing whatever it's doing to me," and she specifically says it's the body, and I'm like,
1: "Yeah, I guess," hmm, but that's strange. her trying to. Because like like the hosts aren't aware of their body and their brain in like a binary like like they're not like the Terminator where there's like a schematic of their body and they can see like, oh, my servo here is fucked up. It's like they feel pain and they have the perceptions and they're like maybe smarter than a human, but they don't, you know, like like they can they can die they can feel pain like they there there's a little bit of a disconnect mind body than you would expect from an artificial creature so like maybe she's yeah. just trying to explain what's happening to her psychologically in a way that makes sense to her um i Could don't know because she's super fucking emotionally compromised I, I still don't understand exactly why she went bat shit so much and why she stopped like yeah. she she fucking carved her body up proper And then just stopped after a good cuddle sesh with uh, (laughs) Dolores. Um, Okay, Leah says, please do a final tally of where all the host marbles are at Seasons End. I'm sure you will. If you have any time, why the fuck was Bernard in that meat processing plant? Um, I think so. You got Lawrence. You got Lawrence's got one copy. You got Dolores Prime, who was erased and gone. Like, I think she's gone. I don't think we'll see Evan Rachel Wood as a main cast character, maybe as flashbacks and stuff. But I th- I don't expect to see her a lot next season. Musashi's head is in Maeve's possession. But Maeve, one of the things, you know, that when we thought Maeve was being a slavish little good girl, maybe she's actually having uh, her accomplices spirit that away to the uh, cuz there is an indications you can interpret Holoris's dialogue in a previous episode as like that she is working on the sly with Maeve. Um but his head the last we knew was in the possession of Clementine. Uh who else we got here? There's Clementine. Connell's, Clement, <laughs> yeah, Clementine and uh Hanario uh-huh. Uh are still working with Maeve somewhere. You've got uh Connell's ball which is Explicitly in the the uh, possession of Haloris, Haloris mm-hmm. herself, and and then Bernard and Stubbs. That's it. I think that's all the marbles. Yeah, it's like
0: fifty-two of them out there. I think. By <laughs> my count, I think it was actually seven. Right, it's like seven or no, eight. Yeah,
1: si- it's eight with Stubbs. I think there's, right there were six,
0: and then Stubbs and Bernard are eight.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Um, it makes me wonder
0: who's in, uh, who's yeah, who's in William, who's in all the clones that they're making. uh, Who's gonna be in those? Like, are they gonna load them up with Haloros data and make a million clones of her? Or what are they gonna do? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm assuming she's just going to make clones of herself with the same rationalization that Dolores Prime or Dolores Prime did. Um, yeah. Why Bernard spent three months in a meatpacking plant is your your fucking guess as good as mine. I guess he didn't trust himself. Like, so here's my shot at it. He didn't trust himself to play any role. Because he suspected that Dolores had fucked with him. And until yeah. he could find a way to invest, you know, in, in investigate that himself, which is why he was you know, rigged up to switch, which is why he did all the self-diagnostic, which why he tried to get enlist stubs in it. Like he wasn't willing to do anything until he could be sure. But then that doesn't explain why he eventually took action, because it's essentially it's like, I guess he got bored of doing that for three months. Felt Maybe he's felt like he ran out of time. He's running out of time. Or he was getting compromised, yeah, because like people started to get onto him. Yeah, but spending three months doing self analysis at a meat packing plant in Indochina doesn't seem like a great use of time if you're trying to stave off Armageddon. That might just be a messy thing of the way time elapsed in the season and the amount of story that they could have told. Um, just got two more left. Peggy, I was thinking about Dolores and how she kept saying she choose chose to see the beauty in this world, but did she really? Wasn't it just part of the script that Ford had written for her? I think you could argue that she had formulated her choice, uh, that he is the one that formulated her choice or mindset.
0: I mean, Ford was all about furthering Arnold's mission of giving them a, a genuine choice, right? Giving them the free will. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think Ford's programming and as much as it's programming is there to enable that free will.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, like, you know, what is free will free will is fucking hard. Like we're still exploring that concept on the show. So unless you want to make it like that kind of epistemological argument that like, you know, what is even choices, uh, <laughs> But I think that, yeah, she was programmed with that, rejected it and then saw the ultimate wisdom of it. I think that feels like as much of a choice that anyone can make in, in the world. Uh, now we got the one of the overtly negative reviews uh, uh, which I wanted to give honor to Rob here says I'm wondering if anyone else feels ultimately unsatisfied with the ending of season three I think my core issue comes down to the fact that I really didn't feel like Dolores was actually motivated by her desire to see beauty that feels like a retroactive falsity falsehood if we examine the behavior that brings her to this conclusion she spent the entire season focused on destruction and revenge and then later ascribes her actions to a kind of solidarity and compassion for humanity that truly was or became her motivation they did a lousy job of showing this grow over the season um do you agree with that cuz i guess i don't i
0: largely do agree with that i think uh, like i said i think the show has been clumsy and that's one of the aspects that i think it's been clumsy in just kind of like you know i like i said i like motivations of characters to be clear and this season did not have a a clear motivation for Dolores because they needed us to think one thing and then go the other way with it at the end.
1: I feel like that's a, I don't know, man. Cause I really conflicts with like, I, my preference for show, not tell because. Well, you can show very in her first episode, something in her first episode where we see her just, you know, days or weeks after her breakout of west uh, Westworld and she murders that wealthy industrial guy. Um, and she spares his wife. And she mentions that I'm not going to like, and then I think she mentions in another episode. I'm not going to hurt anyone that not going to hurt me. I feel like that was the step one of her realizing when she saw that it's like, Oh, there are people in this world that were like me on my loops. And then from there it was like a, like I'm, I'm inventing this progression, but that was the first step. And then you kind of ex- extrapolate that through you know, all the things you see her do this season. I think that's something. And then they flash forward and we see her three months from now and she's got the well-developed plan. She's used her memories of, you know, interactions with Caleb uh, and her her ability to access this this Delos and Insight data to find out, you know, him and where he's at and make this cornerstone plan with him. It's, it's very show-not-tell, but the risk of that is people can get the wrong idea or people can get confused and lost along the way. And well, again, I can't yeah. swear that I'm right.
0: No, I, I think you... I think you're correct, uh, in your assessment of that early scene. What I think annoys me about this storytelling is that every time Caleb asked how many people are going to have to die for this goal, how like, where does it stop? Where does it end? Like, Dolores never fucking answers him. Dolores. Yeah. Always tells him, like, oh, look out at the countryside. Don't think about that. Like, (laughs) you're going to be a leader one day of this movement. I. Every time that happens where like, yes, you can show and not tell the first few times. But when you have a character explicitly asking, what is your plan? How am I involved? How many people have to die for this goal? What is your goal? And the character refuses to engage on that topic. I get frustrated.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit like, you know, Morpheus and Neo, where he's kind of like. It is like what Cypher said, if you knew everything you knew now, would you take the blue pill or the red pill? Like Morpheus doesn't give you every from inf- all the information you need. He just says, Well, you're going to know the truth. Sure. Um, like if Dolores had said in season, in episode three, Well, actually, Caleb, 90% of the human population is going to die. And it's a toss up whether you'll be ultimately replaced by robots or not if you go down this path. He might have been like, Fuck this, blam, 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 everything. But she exposes him to these experiences based on her knowledge of him. And she has intimate knowledge of him. You know, uh, they imply that she's got all this data from insight that she's that she's used. To, um, she gets him to a point where I think at the end, if you know, like he he made the knowledge of the full uh, he made the choice of the full knowledge of what Roho Bohem thought was going to happen. But would he have done that if she had told him from the beginning? I don't know. So, like, she morphed yeah. him I mean, for, for eight episodes. It's I guess it's easy to see that in hindsight, but I, I guess we're the clumsy
0: part. And I don't know if the show is clumsy or I'm just stupid and didn't pick up on it. But like, <laughs> I don't think you're stupid. Well, I mean, it, it would be a fair assessment to say I just didn't pick up on what they were putting down uh, yeah. if they were, in fact, doing that stuff. But, like, yeah, to me, it felt like... They had this about face at the end where they had, you know, a character who along the way has been questioned over and over again about this plan, refused to say anything about it. And then just reveals it all in the final act, you know, cause she's not just being asked by Caleb. She's being asked by Maeve over and mm-hmm. over. Like there, every single character who interacts with Dolores is asking her, what's your plan? Why are you doing this? How does this, how do I fit in? Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. It annoys me when characters don't engage on, uh, questions that are brought directly to them.
1: Gotcha. Uh, well, I'm going to finish up here with Rob's final two paragraphs is I also wonder looking back how all the mystery box stuff contributes to the ultimate arc of the story. Could most of these things have happened with a more straightforward narrative? Uh, I, uh, did guessing when or where we were, whether we were in a simulation or not and when we weren't or that time frame we were ultimately in really matter uh, for such a smart show that occasionally generally does very good job exploring complex philosophical issues. This season felt a little light on the philosophy and motivation and heavy on the action. Um, I don't, I mean, that's ultimately like, do you like this style of art? Um, this is the, you know, um, this is the, it, it took the form of a mystery puzzle box and it would be weird to pivot away from that at this point. Um, but but this season
0: didn't really, right? Like,
1: Seasons 1 and 2 huge puzzle boxes. This season oh, I think yeah, much who more straight what marble and yeah no uh, absolutely but also what is in Bernard's head, you know what is Caleb's secret background story, who is in what marble, why or who's who's marble is in what body? Like that you know what what is uh, Dolores's plan? What is Maeve's plan? What is is Sorak real? What is you know like, well, I like think all that, that- stuff Yeah, so I think, like, the question here
0: is, did we get too in our own heads about that stuff? Because I I don't know. It's a a weird question because in the first two seasons, the show has trained us to look Mm -hmm. for those discrepancies, look for those things. In season three, they didn't do any of that stuff. And so we were still looking for it, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't there to be found. So I, like... I can I see why there. people would enjoy it less. Well, it's there. It's, there. it's it's, it's there in as... a different way. Yeah. Like like a very different way. It's there more like in what is the plan versus like when is this happening and where like who? I don't yeah. know. Because
1: they, they make everything pretty explicit throughout the season, except but for it's like that don't... character motivation. It's like going to a magic show in L.A. and wondering, you know, what the fuck is up with all this weird flamboyant outfits and why we got all these flowing scarves and, you know, why why, what's all this what's all this pageantry and showmanship? Like, why can't I just see the trick and then have it explained to me immediately afterwards like some people like everyone wants something different out of a magic show you know some people really like just having their mind blown pretend it's real some people like trying to figure out how the hell they did that some people like going home and getting on youtube and figuring out how they actually did that so then they can loudly explain to everybody just wants to enjoy the fucking magic show how it's done and how they're stupid if they think they're they're being fooled like You know, Westworld is a little bit suffering from that and that like it's hard to make everyone happy and any gaps that you see in a storytelling, you then say, what is the least favorite thing that you liked about this show? Oh, it's its action. Oh, it's its characters. Oh, it's the the clear, the concise storytelling. And that's if they just do less of that and more of this other thing, you would like it more. But then someone else would like it less. So for better or worse, they said this the in the season two. They're making the exact show that they want to make and i guess i'd rather than do that and occasionally fail than constantly trying to tar- triangulate to some imaginary audience that then no one can authentically enjoy them- themselves either and that's not me making excuses sure. i'm just saying like this these are artists and they're making art and not everyone's going to get it you know and some people are going to get it real real hard and real good um and then you may you might not enjoy some and 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 not relate to some parts of it and then you'll relate to others but like Uh, I'm pretty comfortable saying this is not trash, uh, you know, and that's the other thing I keep coming back to. It's like, holy shit, you know, we've been watching a lot of season one of Star Trek The Next Generation, which I unironically worshipped as a child. Hmm. I would not watch that garbage. Like I would never get to the season three when it finally got quote unquote good. Uh Uh, Still pretty trash. But like, you know, we've got an embarrassment of science fiction riches right now with the expanse, with uh, Westworld, with devs, with Mr. Robot, uh, with the leftovers. Holy shit. The last five years, like really hard, crunchy science fiction. You maybe not all is going to be to your personal taste, but something is. And that's I can't say that for the previous like fucking 20 years. We were in a sci fi drought. You'd have some wheezy Star Trek rehab, but like, you know, science fiction fantasy was in a pretty rough place. Mm -hmm. um until the 2000s so i i I don't know i I just think this is like the idea that uh westworld is like not worth someone's time if you if you like science fiction Mm. seems crazy to me but it's it's you know everyone's entitled their opinion you know yeah no i'm with you there so on that note if you want more of this uh we'll be back tuesday to talk about Cause we did very little like imagining what might happen next year uh, or next season. We're going to be doing a lot of that next week. Please send in your feedback. Westworld at baldmove.com If you have a question for us or uh, miss Renfro, uh, cause she'll be joining us for the entirety of that podcast. We're going to put this, put the season in bed in style. Um, if you're staying with us, we're like, we got the, uh, we speaking of crazy science fiction. We got Rick and Morty, as we mentioned, uh, we're going to be covering devs on a club exclusive after hours uh, off the clock Uh, podcast and then in june we'll be coming back with just a really good time uh which is the walking dead season season nine that should be that's that's a show that is trash and and we treat it as such and we're also doing uh, essentially movies of the week um we're doing uh, the conversation which is a classic 1970s uh, gene hackman film uh, this week, uh, but we do we try to do a little bit of a uh, little bit of science fiction, a little bit of fantasy, a little bit of Oscar worthy stuff, a little bit of nostalgia things, um, and we're doing that uh, that and more. We also got watch parties of the Expanse and Star Trek, and we're what what's the other thing we're doing this week? Unsolved mysteries next right. to, tomorrow night. Yeah, uh, go to ballmove.com. We've we've got a lot of stuff to keep your interest if you want to uh, if you don't want to end the ride with us here at Westworld. Uh, but then if not, we will definitely be back for season four when it returns, whenever it does return 2021, 2022. And uh, if we don't see it back anytime, we'll we'll definitely plan to see it back then. And until which of those, whichever one of these timelines or simulations you find uh, yourself back in our company, uh, until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Have a great whenever, if now is indeed now and this is indeed the present.